This is Reconsinimation. I'm John Diner. I'm David Munchak. And we are so happy you guys are here. This is the show where we look at some of our favorite and not-so-favorite films from the 70s, 80s, 90s. Maybe a a stretch on on either end of that, but uh, that's what we're sticking to. And and thanks for tuning into the show again. Yeah, thanks. Boy, do I love this time of year. There's... There's so much to cover. There's so much material. Is it, well, you mean the, the holiday season? The holiday season. Is it the jingling of the bells? I mean, it's one right after another. We've got Labor Day going right into Halloween, going to Veterans Day, right? right, mm-hmm. And then Thanksgiving, mm-hmm. and then Hanukkah and Christmas. Hanukkah, Christmas, Kwanzaa, Kwanzaa, all of it. That's some good shit. Yeah. That's a it's good the, time of year. It's a favorite of mine. That's a lot of holidays to celebrate. It is. It's a lot of parties, a lot of gatherings. A lot of, uh, lot of, I don't know. Feels like maybe Hallmark has manipulated us into celebrating all of these. Oh, holidays. maybe. <laughs> maybe it was all their fault. That's Valentine's Day for sure. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Val- Valentine's Day is just not a holiday. It's not a thing. It's a fictional thing that. Yeah, and then I think uh, I had learned of something called Friendship Day, which is the sixth. It's like in in the springtime, which is. I don't even know. I, I, or I think it's in the fall. It's mm-hmm. supposed to be six months from Valentine's Day. So mm-hmm. August. Is that right? So, summer. We'll call it summer. Summer. Something like that. And I think I think it's more for like teenagers. Mm-hmm. That it, it came up in the Friendship early 2000s. Day. Something like that. Hmm. I don't know. Well, you got Grandparents Day. You've got... There's right. a day for everything. Every day is a day now. Grads. Gra- yeah. Grads and dads, <laughs> as they say. Grads and dads day. Yeah. Well, different days, but yeah. it's the season. It's that's the season. Mm-hmm. Uh, Boss's day, secretary's day, secretary's day, uh, national taco day. Mm-hmm. Oh, gotta have that donut day. That's that, a big... that seems like donut day is like once a month. I think <laughs> in my house it is, <laughs> or three times a week. Uh, there is something weird about how the internet has has. If you looked up, like, what's today? Oh, it's National Blah 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 Day, and mm-hmm. there's like a ten of them. Yeah, and it's fine. Like, you know, pick something to celebrate. That's like, I'm not a, and obviously you don't go to work, and every day there's something new. Mm-hmm. But like, just like, let's bring it back to talk like a pirate day. Like, okay, yeah, that's that's fine, nice and simple. But I don't need to know that it's you know, free, free the. Free whatever day. You yeah, know. it's something. It's like hug a bunny day. Like, okay, <laughs> what I don't know what that is. National Cheeseburger Day. Yeah. Really? Come on. No. Well, it is the holiday season, mm-hmm. and this is Reconcinimation. Oh. Welcome back to the show, everybody. We hope you're having a great holiday season as we're in that that uh, that lull between Thanksgiving and Christmas. Mm-hmm. Thanksgiving's over. Christmas is ramping up. We've got... The music's out there. The commercials are out there. Yes. I mean, the commercials have been out there, let's be honest, since September, really. Yes. I don't watch a lot of commercials, though, when I do, like if I'm watching live TV, which is very rare. Very now, rare, yeah. I forgot what commercials are and how kind of gross it all is. Mm-hmm. Like, just even the... It's not even like, hey, here's a thing you probably need. Like, none of it is something you, you need at all yeah. most of the time. And then it's just sort of like, we're just trying to convince you to buy it. It's kind of gross. Like commercialism is weird. We are if you very, when you're away from it. <laughs> yeah, we are a very materialistic uh, group of humans. Yeah, so. it's, buying stuff's cool. <laughs> it's or you know I don't know. It's just a funny thing that this is what we do. 
Well, so here in America, Thanksgiving and Christmas, it's crunch time. Buy the stuff. Get them gifts. Put a, <laughs> slap a ribbon on it. You can't care for your loved ones if you don't give them something that you paid for. Yeah, you just can't. So. You have to buy them stuff. Um, but anyway, we're, we're rolling towards Christmas, and we're going to start uh, programming-wise. We're going to start directing things that way a little bit. Yeah. Starting with least Christmassy to more Christmassy <laughs> as we get closer. <laughs> right. You'll see what we're gonna we're gonna discuss on one of our upcoming episodes, but yeah. uh, we are talking about a mm, I don't know if I'd call it a classic, but a uh, a film from 1992 that's that yeah. we're gonna I think we're gonna go back and forth on. Uh, maybe we'll see. Yeah, we'll see as we get into it. But uh, welcome back. Uh, we're excited to have you guys here. We are uh, we are all systems go on. On Twitter, on Facebook, mm-hmm. on Instagram. Check us out. Leave us some comments. Give us a five-star review for the show. It'll boost uh, It'll boost our viewership and put our profile out there a little more. Yeah, the five-star review on iTunes specifically, if you have a chance. Uh, fire up that iTunes account. Give us a, give us a, a five-star, a thumbs up, yeah. and even a handwritten little note why we're awesome. It'll take you 30 seconds, and we would we would appreciate that holiday gift at this time of year. Yeah. Well, we feel like we give so much of ourselves out there, and we, we're so glad that you listen. And if you can do us the favor, you know, great. Yeah. But if not, keep listening and tell your friends. Yeah. Spread the word. Uh, and we want to thank our friends, our, our friends and family of the show here. Yeah, we're a family. Curtis Moore for the, again... I loved this poster. I thought this was a, a genius one. Uh-huh. It's great. And it's good to have him here just sitting right next to us. Hi, Curtis. Totally in silence. Just, uh, yeah, no talking, but just constant portrait mode. Yeah, he's sketching yeah. this like a court. Like yeah, a court, he'll uh, move an angle, sketchers. you know, like mm-hmm. so he's going around us while we record. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, he's on like like a moving chair. Yeah, like he well, rotates move. around slowly, mm-hmm. and he can control the speed. Yeah, it's on a dolly that. track that just goes around and around mm-hmm. us. And it was weird to, it was hard to install, but once we got it going. <laughs> yeah. it it's great. like a dolly track. Yeah. It's just, you know. Uh, and, of course, uh, E.K. Wimmer. Check him out at ekwimmer.com. He does our, our theme song and, and other little bits here and there. Yes, thank you, E.K., Dear, dear friend of the show, he's over in the studio next door, also constantly recording twenty four seven, just laying down material just for the library. <laughs> so we always appreciate that, and we wish them uh, a happy holiday season as we we get towards Christmas as well. Yes, uh, but what are we talking about today? Should we should we dive in or well? Let's do it. Yeah, let's let's hit. fire up the old movie machine. Yeah, the, the, old, the old projector. Yeah, the old film projector. Cr- crank and, that projector. All right, cranking. I'm getting it going. I'm real. Just warm it up. Yep. And, and here we go. I've been down the edge of long. It's time for me to ascend. From the sewers of Gotham. A new villain emerges. You didn't invite me, so I crashed! From the rooftops of Gotham, the perfect enemy comes to life. I am Catwoman. Hear me roar. Yeah, 
who can save this city is a creature of the night. While she craves a romance she can sink her claws into. You can't never grow like me. He plots a foul reign of destruction. My dear penguins, thanks to Batman, the time has come to punish all of Above Gotham looms its greatest hero. So we're talking everyone's favorite Batman film, mm-hmm. Batman Returns. Yeah, the classic from the classic 1992, right? 1992, June 19th, 1992. Yeah. And speaking of that day, before we dive into the movie, let's let's catch everyone up. What are some things that happened on this day in history, June 19th? What do you got? I got 1978. Not not a whole hell of a lot happening okay. on this day, but 1978. Yeah. Garfield. The Jim Davis's Garfield uh, debuted in newspapers. Oh my gosh! Which I thought I didn't realize that. I thought Garfield had been around longer than that. No, I re- yeah, I remember. I remember that when I was a kid and reading it, he had only debuted a because I had all the books. And my, oh My yeah. older siblings. Like had Garfield the books. goes Hollywood. Yeah, but they, they were all there was rectangular books mm-hmm. that was just the perfect shape of the of the the strip. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, my brothers and sister had those, so they and he was designed differently, had a different look and, and everything. Oh, really? Wow. Yeah, but when I remember it went back to just like oh, just a few years before I was born. Yeah, yeah, I yeah, I mean because Garfield was definitely popular by the early mid '80s. Oh yeah, I mean like, it was a commercial time. huge. I mean those cartoons probably '83, '84, I think for some of those yeah. specials, the Halloween special, and yeah. I think they had a. Uh, Christmas one at some point. Yeah. But yeah, that was, uh, I, I just thought that more time had built up before he got popular. Yeah. But I was wrong. Yeah. A rare, a rare thing. I know. It never happens. Never. Uh, 1981, Superman 2 was released. Ooh. We so talked- we've got a Superman Batman connection here. Yeah, Superman. What's up? Uh, Superman 2, the best Superman movie? Um, There's a question mark at the end of that. Yeah, question mark. I don't know. Superman's pretty good. Superman's Superman the motion picture. Yeah. But Superman two really gets just gets right into it with a lot without a lot of that yeah. build up. That's what you know, we talked a little bit last week about uh about origin stories. Yeah. And Superman two is the benefit of just and, and Batman returns both have the benefit of moving forward without having to deal with the origin stuff, at least of your main character. Yeah. So uh, That's a Superman, lot of baggage. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, and 1999, famous horror author Stephen King was struck by a van on the side of the road. Jeez, yeah. I remember that being like a huge. He was really messed up. Yeah, it was gonna. There was some definitely some worry there that he wasn't gonna make it, but that he uh, wouldn't be the same, right? Yeah. Well, and then, and that's funny because I remember that seems like that happened much later in time mm-hmm. than than it did that yeah. seems like a long that seems really like that should have just happened like yeah. 15 years ago yeah but am i that, am i confusing that with like billy joel like driving into a house or something like yeah, that? yeah i like, think he did that a couple of times so <laughs> there might have been one five years ago 15 yeah. years ago yeah yeah. it, it seems joel. like it should have happened in the 2000s so i wasn't yeah. you know didn't but, 
Yeah. But that's uh, that's this day, June nineteenth, in cinema entertainment history. Boop. Uh, we want to do. We want to shout out to some of our listeners here and there. We're going to shout out to our uh, our good friend, loyal loyal follower Brian in Boston, New York. Thank you for contributing. Uh, yeah, love your you. questions, comments, oh, little yeah. notes here and there. Brian's great. But we are here. We're going to get into it now. Let's talk about Batman Returns. Here we go. Where does this, uh, in general, where does this rank in the Batman franchise? Where yeah. does this rank for you personally? So are we talking the first four and then I'm, the Nolan movies? I'm talking like everything. Every Batman movie. Like all the different incarnations of Batman. You've got the old show the and movie. Yeah. movie. You've got... Uh, the Bert, the Warner Brothers franchise, the Burton and Schumacher ones, because mm-hmm. that is there are the four those four movies are the same continuity. Generally speaking, yeah, yeah, that's the same. I mean, you've got the same story. Really, the only linking thing is Alfred, Alfred and <laughs> Commissioner Gordon. Oh yeah, is they're he in on- all four? Yeah, they're the only two. Uh-huh. Gordon Gordon's only in Batman Returns for like. A minute. He, yeah, he like, just pops up. But yeah. he's in Forever and Batman yeah, and Robin? Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. It's been years for those. Otherwise, they might just be complete standalone movies. Yeah, they're just adventures. And then you've got your Nolan franchise mm-hmm. and your Lego Batman. Okay, jeez. There's a lot. <laughs> and the animated series. All right, so this is well, this is bottom half of that, of all of those, if you're going to take it all into consideration. Mm-hmm. But I'm going to go... Upper tier of the bottom half. Upper tier of the bottom half. I'll take this over the, the old series. I'll take this over um, the ne- the next two following this mm-hmm. uh, movies. I'll take this over... Uh, I'm going to go... I, uh, well, I don't know. The Batfleck in Su- Superman versus Batman. That's Oh, yeah. That, I forgot about that So one. if you're going to consider that... Oh. I, you know, you, you don't spend too much time with him. It's it's fine. Like I don't know. Yeah. This is at least. This is I don't know. I would I would put this definitely the bottom half. Yeah. I would put it above the uh, the Superman versus Batman. Yeah. Movies. I would put it above Batman Forever and Batman Return. Or yeah. uh, sorry, Batman and Robin. Yeah. I wouldn't. I enjoy the old movie, the '66 movie, mm-hmm. just for entertainment value okay ahead of it yeah but because uh, there's yeah there's obviously like your more comedy oriented batman stuff and then your serious things but, yeah uh that's just where i put it and this is a holiday themed movie i don't i wouldn't call it a christmas movie it's set at christmas it's literally that's it it's just set at christmas there's yeah. a tree lighting there's mm-hmm. there's a whole to do going on in gotham about christmas it's this the christmas season mm-hmm we're it takes gonna, place like over like you would think probably a week at best. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's it's a very condensed story. It's yeah. very just I don't know what I don't know. I mean, I like the wintry feel of it. I like you yeah. know, yeah. It's Edward it's Scissorhands, like, winter mm-hmm. snowfall. Yeah, uh, yeah. But uh, thematically, like the themes in this movie have nothing to do with Christmas. So right. it is a movie that's set at Christmas time, but not a. Yeah, not a Christmas movie. It's us- It's the Christmas stuff is just useful for visuals, mm-hmm. like to, yeah. the excuse to use sort of the Christmas theme, look. music and 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 you know set dressing and production mm-hmm. design. Yeah, yeah. 
Uh, and there's, you know, there's varying levels of, of what makes a Christmas movie. We're going to get into that. Yeah, but that's this isn't one of them. Yeah, no. This we're going we're gonna to say right now, this is not a Christmas movie? Yeah. Okay. We're going to... I'll agree with you on that. Is that what you're saying? We, we, we're going to get into that debate a little bit more on, on uh, one of our upcoming shows. Yeah, let's do that. So, everyone stay tuned <laughs> for that. We are going we're gonna to answer that question. What defines a Christmas movie? And, yeah. you know, check it out here. Reconcinimation.com. That's where you get all your information about Christmas movies. Yeah. Number one spot. Uh, so... We're, but we are sticking with the theme, the superhero. You know, we talked about superheroes a lot for the Unbreakable show and figured let's just ride that. Let's keep riding that wave mm-hmm. and roll into it here since we're getting towards holiday season. Yeah. Um, when was the first time you saw this movie? Did you see it when it came out? This one's tough. It's, it's hazy. I don't have, like, specific memories about it. I mean, I, I may have seen it in a the theater. It's very possible. And then I may have seen it. Or I could have seen it on HBO. Or something, mm-hmm. um, but I, funny enough, I had the po- I think I, someone I, like my parents or something must have bought me the poster for this movie, the three heads and all yeah. that. Like I had that in my. I it wasn't until I like was reviewing that poster online as we're like looking up stuff about the show. Like oh yeah, I had that poster for years. I'd stare like at Michelle Pfeiffer and Danny DeVito like yeah. in, the, in his in his makeup, and it's just sort of um, so that. But I don't remember. Um, I have no like fond memories of seeing this yeah i can't associate it with any if you told me this movie came out in like the next year after batman i would have believed you, you would just i have no i have no <laughs> concept of where this falls in yeah it's uh this for me this was the final entry into my grandma collection oh this was the last movie i saw in theaters with my with my grandmother yeah uh i saw i I don't again I don't remember if it was opening weekend I feel like it was mm-hmm. uh, I saw it with my friend Greg and my grandma and uh, this was very my gut reaction was almost the same as Phantom Menace that I'm sitting in the theater mm-hmm. telling myself I'm I'm liking it right mm-hmm. like I do I like this movie don't I yeah yeah I'm supposed to I know I'm supposed to like it I yeah. think it's good yeah but I and then the more I thought of it, even right after leaving the theater, like, nah, I don't think I did. Oh, I see. Yeah. Yeah. I think I liked it enough. I don't, but it wasn't a movie I wanted to go back to a lot. So I don't, I didn't give it a lot of thought. I probably didn't. That means I probably didn't like it all that much. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, like it was fine. Like it's a new, it certainly sort of fit the, the Burton-esque-ness. Oh yeah. But it's certainly yeah. much darker than the, like in terms of. It's a it's, darker it's, movie. It's more. It's really Tim Burton-y, like, yeah. in its in its design and and just everything. Yeah, like, you can start to finish. His movies were get, getting into a darker phase here. Yeah, I mean, just going back, rewinding through his career, we've got uh, Pee Wee's Big Adventure, mm-hmm. which is there's maybe some dark moments in it, but overall, it's a light movie. Yeah, Beetlejuice is definitely a lighter portrayal of of something dark. Yes, it's a lighter portrayal of it, mm-hmm. uh, and then Batman exploded and was huge. Yeah, I mean that was a huge. Nineteen eighty nine had a lot of big movies, mm-hmm. eighty nine and ninety. Uh, Batman was one of the bigger ones. Mm-hmm. The marketing of it was everywhere. I mean, I'm, like McDonald's, and you get the cups and the glass. You know, the. Yep. I mean, if a movie came out and it had cups, 
yeah. collectible cups. <laughs> you know, it's oh, a, that's 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 a big one. That's a big one. Well, and and Bat Dance was on MTV that whole summer. Yeah, like constantly. Well, and, and it's so crazy of a, a song and mm-hmm. a video, and it's awesome. Yeah, the uh, I'm sure we're gonna cover Batman, the na- 1989 Batman down the road, but uh, especially because it was such a giant uh, movie for kids. You know, in that like I want to say like seven to like. 15 range right uh that it, it was definitely a big big movie Absolutely. and the tie-in with prince and you know looped it in with the mtv crowd and uh it was a smart marketing move mm-hmm. and uh and a great cast yeah well and it, and it was a new generation's batman like this mm-hmm. was that generation's batman it's, it's shedding the more or less shedding the adam west campiness yeah uh, completely you know that um so now this was a new take for people who didn't and for mainstream audiences this wasn't for the comic book fans necessarily um although there is that there is that attention and care to some of the to like especially dark knight returns Mm -hmm. um that came out i think only three years before i think it was 86 was i I want to say it was 86 yeah yeah so i mean i think that that was the that was the book that changed people's perception of batman as a dark figure Mm -hmm. uh more or less It, it shifted everything well batman was was really considered a, most DC characters were considered lighter characters. I think so. Up through this point, I mean, uh, let's just say up until Dark Knight, uh, Dark Knight, yeah, what was it? Dark Knight Dark Returns. Returns, yeah. yeah. Uh, up until that came out, there really weren't any heavy, really heavy storylines. Had the Killing Joke come out by then? No. The right. Kill- that was afterwards. I think. Yeah, that came out. Later. Um, but yeah, and it wasn't taken seriously, especially especially because of the Adam West Batman series. That that really, whatever seriousness the Batman character had, really went out the window, and that was immediately followed up by Super Friends. Yeah, which was like you just—it's a joke. It's a complete joke. Almost all of those characters. Yeah, except the Wonder Twins. <laughs> yeah, they were dead serious. Um, oh, actually, you know what? I think The Killing Joke came out in 88. So, like, right when they're making the original. Batman. Yeah. So, when so the movie's kind of in. It's in that. In prep. Yeah. So, now, like, so the, it's a total overhaul of mm-hmm. the character for the mainstream audiences well, and comic fans. And would you have gotten the 89 Batman without Dark Knight Returns? No, I don't think so. No, uh, definitely not. It was. A new, I'm sure they were trying to make a Batman movie for years or something, and then. Well, I think yeah. when once Superman came out and was a hit, it yeah. was like, okay, we can we can market these characters, but what kind of movie or do we want to make? Right. And there's so many villains. Like, what one do you start with? Yeah. Obviously, Joker was, I think, the right choice. Sure. But you could start with any of them, and they, you know, would have worked. But, Absolutely. Um, yeah, Dark Knight Returns really gave it, put some spotlight on that. You could do something darker for an adult audience. And then you'd want to find a way to keep keep the kids interested too. Sure. So some kind of merger between, like, not as dark as Dark Knight Returns, right? But uh, something pointing in that direction. Mm-hmm. Uh, brilliant move to for Warner Brothers to hire Tim Burton, yeah. Because to match that look and that tone of Batman, or to really create it visually, you need a really creative director who has a vision. And has a different look. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you just hired any action director, like an action director who's doing some of the like canon 
movies. Oh, right, right. Like, it just would have never really gone anywhere. Well, yeah, he knows. He, he took something, like, like Pee-wee's Big Adventure, his show, like... It's so weird. It's a it's a weird movie. Oh and colorful and fun and like there's some darkness, and but it's it's just this this thing like and it's just amazing that that translates into how can you do Batman in the late eighties mm-hmm. and so there's still a there's still an element of the camp that there, I think there's like it uses the history of the Adam West campiness and the Super Friends camp, mm-hmm. but it's now it's brand new like and a more adult more or at least more. I don't know. Well, deeper. It's deeper. If you look at, I'm mean, just visually. Mm-hmm. If you look at Jack Nicholson's Joker mm-hmm. side by side with Cesar Romero's, they're not like that different. Not really. Like, no. No. But you get a more. You get a much. You get a backstory which you never got in the old the Adam West one. I don't think you got. I don't think there's an origin. Uh, there's no of, origin of any of, of these the guys. Villains. Yeah. yeah. Or ba- I mean, they don't really get into the whole Bruce Wayne stuff, other than that he's a playboy. Yeah, he's a rich playboy. Yeah, and he has a ward. But there's nothing about his parents, his whole motivation for becoming Batman, that's yeah. like not in that show. I'm I've never I haven't seen all the episodes, but I'm confident that's got to be the case. Uh, yeah, I mean, I haven't seen start to finish, but <laughs> I doubt there's some like dark brooding. <laughs> there's that like, one episode where all he can think about is his parents' murder <laughs> in front like, of his face, like how Magnum Pi Pi had these dark storylines that would go throughout the series, but most of the episodes were really light. Yeah, yeah. And But there's this one continuity that they would go back and forth to. <laughs> oh, I see. Like, oh, this is the episode where Magnum takes someone out to the woods and executes them. Oh, right, yeah. Yeah, that's a good one. <laughs> uh, but anyway, uh, and casting Jack Nicholson and Michael Keaton, those are, those are big actors. Mm-hmm. I mean, especially Jack. Because yeah. I think Jack was billed over... Keaton. If probably. you look at the poster, I think it was Nicholson, Keaton, Batman. That, that's probably true, yeah. Which was right, but technically it's like Joker's getting the billing over yeah. the over Batman. Well, that's, you know, Arnold Schwarzenegger and Batman and Robin. He was top billing on that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Schwarzenegger, yeah. baby. That, um, that movie should have just been about Mr. Freeze, no Batman. Just call just it Freeze. Freeze. <laughs> it's just him just committing crimes. Maybe we shit. should write that now. Yeah. Freeze. We write the Freeze movie. Aside... <laughs> Like a Star Wars story, <laughs> freeze a Batman, a tale. Gotham story, a, a Gotham, Gotham tale, <laughs> Gotham tales, a Gotham tales, and then you turn that into yeah. a Saturday morning cartoon. Yeah, <laughs> it's like a pup named Scooby Doo, but with the Batman characters. Anyway, but uh, but this movie, Michael Keaton came back for it, right? They yeah. got him. Yeah, to... so we kickstart the franchise with the '89 Batman. You, it's a very high level movie. So there's a lot more. There's a lot of pressure on this movie to keep it at that level. So it's it's a it is a like with any sequel. We've seen so many of these franchise sequels where the second one, the second or third movie fail because the the bar is set really high. Yeah. And if you don't have a solid follow up story, it's really hard to just you know the studios want to pump these movies out pretty quickly. They don't want to wait five years down the road till you've got a real great creative idea like they want to it's a machine they want to roll the profits from the first movie into the second one and let's double that yep uh and of course with as many characters as the batman franchise has it was a choice of well you know who do who do we go with there's besides penguin and penguin and catwoman there's riddler there's two-face there's 
the Clock King. Oh yeah, we gotta go Clock King. Clayface. Clayface. Uh, Man Bat. Sure. Yeah. Man Bat. Get that. <laughs> Wasn't that the first animated series episode? Was Man Bat? That was the yeah. That was the first one they did. Yeah. Or the first one that aired. I don't know if that was the first one they actually made, but mm. that's the that was the premiere episode. Yeah. Um, we'll, we'll get to Batman the Animated Series in a little bit, but uh, the and the comic book like this, the '89 Batman saved the comic book because the comic book was the the regular line of the comic book. Not talking about Dark Knight Returns mm-hmm. and those side stories, but the regular line was fairly flat at this point okay i mean dc comics had had their their problems and their storyline problems and they had to do crisis on infinite earths to kind of straighten out some of their Mm storylines which was a basically hitting a reset button and saying oh yeah all these different storylines we had those are different universes that we're gonna merge them yeah and wipe some of them clean and and keep some like handpick what we wanted to keep. Yeah, they pick. Yeah, they change. They fundamentally change any character that, to suit whatever they wanted to do, so mm-hmm. they can shed whatever like has been bloated and or not working, and then create new, altering characters forever, getting rid of entire characters. Firestorm just completely yeah. went away. Is that what happened? Yeah, you remember Firestorm? It was no. a big character in the '80s that they yeah. just. Uh, I think it was created for Super Friends, and then they just oh, really? brought him into the comics, and they're like, everybody hates Firestorm. Oh, jeez. So I didn't know that. It's gone. Uh, spoiler alert. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but the comics also benefited from the success of... Everything benefited from the success of the movies. Mm-hmm. That they sure. could... You know, then they could take their world in a different direction and get darker and, and get the older, not just little kids reading the comic books but they could get the teen audience still reading and maybe people in their 20s could st- would stay with it and mm-hmm. again comics this was their evolution into a more an older audience staying with comics and not just oh I'm 12 I'm I'm done with comics you know mm-hmm. um, so the pressure is on as we get into the the sequel and casting is a is a big part of that uh the first thing they needed to do was really lock in Tim Burton. Mm-hmm. I think if I was running this Warner Brothers at the time, that would be the number one thing is make sure he's locked in for the second movie. Oh, yeah. You got, I, would, I would keep Burton and Keaton. You, you need them. You have to. I mean, yeah. I don't think it was even considered really to shift gears. I mean, it was up to Burton and Keaton whether they wanted to do the movie. Yeah. But... From a studio's point of view, you you would have to keep them. Oh yeah, they they created some magic. They you they, it's right there in the in the ledger. The, the mm-hmm. dollars it makes dollars and cents to bring yeah. them back. You know. And at the time, when you had these franchises, you hadn't started turning over um, actors that much. Mm-hmm. You know, Indiana Jones was Harrison Ford. Right. James Bond, they turned over. You know, a number of times, but most of those guys stayed with it for years. Yeah, they did the and character it, for decades, right? Yeah, some. some. Roger Moore was there for a freaking long time, but <laughs> uh, but they, you know, you had Timothy Dalton who didn't last that long, but right. uh, you know, the the idea was to keep keep these same actors. Nowadays, it doesn't really feel like that. It's it, you're not committing that actor 
and part of it was because of the later Batman movies that there's just different Batman every movie and yeah. you know whether that the value was put on that or not so mm. um, but Tim Burton you know we talked briefly about uh, his career he had Pee-wee's Big Adventure is a very like you said a strange movie yeah. but just really fun mm-hmm. um, definitely kind of a highlight of the 80s and then I love Beetlejuice. I think Beetlejuice is a great... Yeah, Beetlejuice is a lot of fun. Yeah. Keaton. Well, and then that's his first co- collaboration with Keaton. Yeah. I mean, Keaton just, and Beetlejuice isn't really in the movie all that much. No. Like, he's, not, he's not really the focus. Well, uh, yeah. He's a, he has a bigger like, involvement than just him being in it. Like, it's his presence and his what he does with that kind of... Yeah, drives the movie. But, oh sure, yeah. I yeah. mean, you don't things don't happen without Beetlejuice exactly existing. Yeah. But like, it's not like we're watching Beetlejuice go and do shit like while the other characters are waiting around. Right. Like, he's just meddling and you know he's being introduced to to screw with everybody else. Mm-hmm. And we don't, you know, he's just an agent of chaos more yeah. or less. <laughs> he's kind of a bad dude. Yeah, um, but funny. Oh, great movie! Did you ever meet like a Beetlejuice actor at like Universal? No, or anything. <laughs> I did with my niece, and he was great. <laughs> I have a picture with him, and he was just funny. Just like because my niece, who was probably seven at the time or something or six, like we went up, we're in the in the park, and then like, oh, let's go get a picture with Beetlejuice. And the, and the guy's like, oh, yeah, does she, yeah, I'm sure she knows who I am. That's why she wants a picture. It's you, right? The picture's for you? And I was like, no. <laughs> He's like, yeah, okay, no, no problem, pal. And he, but then he was, like, riffing a bunch of, like, one-liners. He's he hysterical. Yeah. Those guys that can do that. Uh. Did you watch the Beetlejuice cartoon? Um, not not religiously. I was aware of it. Yeah, I, I watched it. I'd seen it, but the jokes on that were really good. They're very mm-hmm. – it's very much aligned with the film and the character. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's clever writing. But that came out, I think that was also part of the, the hype of Batman. The popularity of Batman was when they made the Beetlejuice cartoon. Oh, probably. The Beetlejuice cartoon didn't like immediately follow that movie. Yeah. Well, it always took a couple of years for any cartoon mm-hmm. to kind of spawn from a, a film. Well, you're right. I mean, they did the Karate Kid cartoon in like 1990. Sure. So, <laughs> a little late on that bandwagon. But, and Back to the Future, but... Well, you had to, you know, that instead of creating new pro- new things, you could go with existing properties yeah, that could yeah. go for one or two seasons, yep. and then and then game. Yeah, we'll do one sixty episode season. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That uh, uh, anyway, like it felt like GI Joe and Transformers went forever, yeah. but GI Joe only went like three seasons. I think. Oh, really? Do you know how many episodes? A lot. Yeah. Yeah. Season two of GI Joe is probably like sixty or something. Yeah. yeah. Um, um. But anyway. But yeah. So then he rolls from Beetlejuice into Batman. Mm-hmm. And that kind of skyrockets him to, like, an A-list director. Yeah. He was... I I feel like he grew from Pee-wee being, like, a smaller movie, Beetlejuice being a little bit bigger, and Batman was kind of like a make-or-break kind of movie. If Batman failed, he would go back to making small pictures, and that that would probably be it for him. Yeah, I mean, well, this this movie made so much money. Mm Mm-hmm. And we hadn't seen that in a decade since Superman. And to this day, I mean, Tim Burton is still making his movies are big. Yeah, he they're, makes big, huge movies, and he does it the way he wants. The big visions. Yeah, I mean, he's he's got a lot of shit in his head. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know if I want to go in there. Yeah, wasn't there? There was an exhibit. There was a Tim Burton exhibit here a few years ago that I actually uh, missed, oh, but nice. I really wanted to check out. Oh, wow. That was all stuff that 
I think you know, not only his art, but like some some items that he had from his his pictures and yeah. uh, it was it was uh, supposed to be very cool. He's an interesting guy. Uh, so, but then after Batman, he does Edward Scissorhands, which is another dark movie. Uh, yeah, I'm not. I I'm, I haven't seen it in a while. I don't remember being the biggest Edward Scissorhands fan. Mm-hmm. I remember thinking it was very cool that he brought Vincent Price back mm-hmm. and had him in the movie, and that was kind of a cool homage after he was screwed out of his uh, earnings from Thriller. Oh, is that oh, what yeah. happened? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He didn't get anything out of Thriller? He got very little for doing Thriller, and oh. he's like one of the best parts about that. Oh, my gosh. I didn't um, know that. And that was the first collaboration. Edward Scissorhands was the first collaboration between Johnny Depp and... Oh right, Tim Burton, who's another like major player. Yes, for him. Yeah, they collaborated a dozen more times. I know. After yeah, that. <laughs> yeah. It feels like, like all uh, the recent stuff is all Johnny Depp. Yeah, gotta have Johnny Depp. Gotta mm-hmm. put him in weird makeup yeah. and hair and costumes and let him be yeah. the crazy guy that he is. Well, and you know, Edward Scissorhands continues this this thing of like we're all freaks in our own way, mm-hmm. and sometimes love thrives uh through that freak you know you can find love as a freak but yeah sometimes love is tragic in that, in that yeah. freakiness i think that's like the, that's like sort of the thrust of that, mm-hmm. that film and it continues into this movie oh yeah like this, I mean, this movie it. feels very tonally feels very similar to edward scissorhands yeah it's very otherworldly mm-hmm. things you're familiar with but all twisted but not necessarily in a bad way just it's just different yeah it's like kind of it's like looking at everything through a mirror. Like you could recognize it, but everything's a little off. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Michael Keaton mm-hmm. was kind of rising through the comedy. He did some drama work, but mostly, you know, Mr. Mom, Gung Ho. Mm-hmm. Those were like, was it Night Shift? Was it Night Shift? Night, night Shift. shift or, no. Yeah. Late Shift? Night late Shift? shift? Maybe Late Shift. It was shift. Night Shift. Oh, okay. Maybe. I don't know. But they, uh, he was kind of a rising star in the 80s. Mm-hmm. Very um, personable. Obviously very charming. Very charming. Yeah. Uh, and then Beetlejuice kind of put him like up at a higher level, too. Like That was, that was a, huge for his career. Yeah. I remember seeing The Dream Team. Do you ever see that movie? The Dream Team, yeah. It's about with Christopher Lloyd, isn't it? Yeah. And uh, it's a bunch of folks in a mental institution or, or mm-hmm. something like that. And it's a, they go on a field trip kind yeah, of. Yeah, like Michael Keaton takes them out yeah. for like a day. Yeah. And the cr- crazy adventures crazy happen. Crazy s- stuff happens with the, the sociopaths and, and, and weirdos. And I have to look at that movie again. I wonder yeah. I wonder if it's like a really, it, how inoffensive it might be. Or I think it's very offensive. <laughs> it probably is. Um, it's very 80s. And the poster is... Uh, Yeah, well, it's him. Uh, the poster. The poster is very eighties. I don't remember it. Is it him? Well, it's like the four of them like lined up. It's just one of those eighties kind of posters, like overboard. Oh, okay. You know, silliness. Yeah. Uh, but then that was the movie he did right leading into Batman, and then now he's it started with Beetlejuice, and Batman cemented him as a Got it. as a megastar. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so it was a big it was I don't think much of a question whether they were going to come back or not. I think there was some hesitancy of how can you uh how can you top it? Mm-hmm. You know, what can we do to keep it at that level? Mm-hmm. So I think there was some caution 
and uh, that took rather than I think the studio Batman did so well that they wanted to immediately roll it into prep for the for the sequel. Oh, and really? Tim Burton I think pushed back and was like, "Let me do. I want to do Edward Scissorhands. Let's think this through and okay. get." So he was able to push back enough to uh, take some time while he could have somebody writing it while he's making Edward Scissorhands. All right, got it. And that was uh, Sam Sam Ham who co-wrote the first movie, mm-hmm. uh, wrote the initial. I want to say he wrote like five drafts of Batman Returns while Edward Scissorhands was happening. I see. Um, Tim Burton wasn't as wasn't as big of a fan of the, kind of the direction that that uh, Sam Hamm was taking it in. There were some things that were set up. It, it was much. It was kind of a journey through the script writing process. Mm-hmm. Um, before we get that, let's just let's just walk through the rest of the cast okay who else is in the movie michelle pfeiffer oh big star at this time she yeah. this was probably the height of her i want to say this might have been her most popular role uh okay i mean she was in a lot of big movies but she was an a-lister oh yeah definitely you know, at this point so which is of eastwick her? was probably hmm. one she did lady hawk uh mm-hmm. dangerous liaisons she was in wasn't she that, that was could, yeah yeah but that was that was way 80. after. No, this was that was before. No way, really. Dangerous liaison. Yeah, I want to say it was eighty nine. Oh, let's find out. Eighty nine, ninety. Eighty eight. You're right. That was wrong then. But. <laughs> I mean, it's before this movie. Yeah, I thought I thought it might have been like right after this. I see, like again, time frame. I have no idea. Like, well, we're gonna. This is a vor- time we're vortex. Get you straight now. Yeah. Um, yeah, but she was a big star at this point. Sure. Um, the whole casting process of Catwoman uh, was huge names going out. I don't know if they were going out, but they, the Warner Brothers was approaching. Listen to this list. Who this they is a long want, list. Who they wanted. Who they wanted. Considered. Like, yeah. Meryl Streep, well, who Tim Burton said was too old. What? Yep. Okay. So that's the end of that relationship. <laughs> <laughs> Susan Sarandon, Brooke Shields, Nicole Kidman, who would we would see in the Batman franchise. Yeah. Jodie Foster, Gina Davis, Sigourney Weaver, Lena Olin. Ooh, Lena Olin. Madonna. Whoa. Which would have been an interesting choice just coming off of Dick Tracy. Mm-hmm. Uh, Raquel Welch. Wow. Cher. Ellen Barkin. Jennifer Jason Lee, Lorraine Bracco. Wow. Uh, Bridget Fonda and Jennifer Beals were some of the names that they were approaching. Not, not Jane Fonda? <laughs> not Jane. Jane didn't make the cut. <laughs> okay. Uh, wow. Yeah, so there was a lot of big names. And they ended up at the Fife. They ended up, well, they ended up with Annette Benning. Oh. Who, she had just done, uh, oh God, why did I just blank on the name? With Warren Beatty, where the, the movie where they met. Bugsy. Bugsy, yeah. Yeah. So she was, her popularity was, was on the so rise. Cass Benning. Cass Benning's Benning. in. Benning's in, and then she gets pregnant. Oh, no. So that skin tight. Cat suit is going to be tough. She can't fit in that cat suit yeah. and do, do a bunch of backflips. Tough, tough to hide that uh, baby belly. Ouch. But. So they need to replace her. They go with Michelle Pfeiffer, but also oh. at the time, Sean Young, who was in Blade Runner, yes. uh, was really pushing to get cast. Mm. Showed up at Warner Brothers in a cat suit and like demanded to... This was the kind of the beginning of the end of her career. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That she was doing some weird stunts that... We're kind of crossing lines. Oh, I see. And uh, didn't happen. Oh, so, no. Yeah. I think Pfeiffer was the right move. 
Sean Young would have been interesting. Would have been interesting. Yeah. yeah. I mean, she was still... I think she would kind of fit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think she'd fit better than... Pfeiffer did great, by the way. She would look great. Um, she was still, you know, in a good part of her career. But yeah. I think she had she had some issues that was yeah. interfering with her. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Michelle Pfeiffer's coming off of Frankie and Johnny, which is a good movie with Al Pacino. The Russia House with Sean Connery. Fabulous Baker Boys with the... Bridges Bros. Yes. The Bridges. The Bridges. The Bridges. The Bridges. Uh, so big movies there. Mm-hmm. Uh, working with a lot of major stars. And I believe she was actually dating Michael Keaton at the time. Oh. So maybe that helped. Maybe. He's like, yeah. She was actually up for Vicky Vale in uh-huh. Batman. And I think their relationship was what I think they didn't want to go there because they were dating. They didn't want to work together. So oh, I, I don't know if they were still dating at Batman Returns or if they had broken up and were just uh, on see. good terms. So, okay. Um, Danny DeVito hey. is in this movie. I heard. I don't know who you he heard. plays. <laughs> you heard? He's somewhere in it. With Perth. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't know. You have to look for him. I don't know where Danny DeVito is in this movie. Yeah, it's he's somewhere. Somewhere, maybe in the background, mm-hmm. just walking by like a Hitchcock kind of cameo. But he's a busy guy. He's, he's oh my god, in, Danny DeVito's in. He's in everything. I feel like he was in like five movies a year, every year. I think that's true. I think, uh, especially coming into this, like the '80s, were it's Devito Town. Oh, it's De- Devito Town. <laughs> they changed Hollywood's name to Devito Town. <laughs> yeah. It's temporary. It's like a Statue of Liberty, except in L.A., it's Danny DeVito. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, a lot of movies with Michael Douglas, mm-hmm. starting with One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. Oh, okay. Michael right. Douglas produced that movie. Ah, I see. Ah. And then they've got their Romancing the Stone. Jewel. I can't wait to cover that movie. Jewel That's the so, Nile. Jewel of the Nile. Uh, War of the, the Roses. Roses. I love that collab. The, the, that trio? The, yeah. The best. I w- and... A few years ago, there was talk of doing another, oh a third God. movie. Yeah, but I mean, they're they're I think they're past that point now. Yeah, I don't, you don't think you can they, do it. They should reboot it and and do it to a younger generation of mm-hmm. of, of people. They, It'd be cool if they didn't like if they yeah did a reboot of Romancing the Stone, but they're you know they have like a small role in it or something. Sure. Where they're, yeah. You know, not like the new Ghostbusters. Where they're playing completely different characters. Okay. I don't want to talk about oh it again. Oh my god! But, you and your Ghostbusters. Ugh, me and the Ghostbusters. Yikes! Uh, Danny DeVito's coming off of Other People's Money, which is a, a fun movie. Mm-hmm. War of the Roses and Twins. Oh, and like Throw Mama from the Train. Throw right? Mama from the Train. Yeah. Oh, Billy Crystal. Yeah. My gosh. BC. So Danny DeVito's everywhere. And then, yeah. So let's put him in a ton of makeup. And see if he can play a penguin. Well, if you look, I mean, if you look at the, if you look at the comic book, mm-hmm. you know, visually he kind of he he has those exaggerated. I, features. I mean, when I look at that, I would he would be one of the first people I would think for yeah. casting. That. No, it works. If you're just going off of a visual look, yeah, yeah. Um, but again, there was a huge list of people they were going after. I mean, because of Jack Nicholson being Joker and that being such a hit, oh, right. you know, they're, gun- they're only going to go after A-list people for, mm-hmm. for these characters. Dustin Hoffman, Marlon Brando, John Candy, Bob Hoskins, Dean Martin, supposedly. Dean which Martin. I don't know how that would work. Dudley Moore, Alan Rickman, which could have been... That would have that would, uh, yeah. that been cool. Yeah. 
John Goodman, Phil Collins, who is <laughs> trying yeah. to act at this he point. Was, he was getting rolls. Yeah. Uh, Charles Grodin, hard pass. Uh, Christopher Lee would have been cool, yeah. maybe. I don't know about his penguin, but uh, Joe Pesci, Ray Liotta, obviously coming off of Goodfellas. Uh, Gabriel Byrne, Alex Rocco, and Christopher Lloyd. Wow. Christopher Lloyd was, I don't know, that one is a kind of a bizarre choice for Penguin. Mm, yeah. But, maybe. Uh, I mean, he was all over the place as far as villains. Roger Rabbit, Star Trek. Oh, right. Roger Rabbit. Right. Star Trek Star Three. Rabbit, yeah. <laughs> he proved he could do it all. He can be a baddie. He could be a toon or a Klingon. Right. Uh, but yeah, big names for that. So, but I think they made. I I think visually they made the right choice. Yeah. I have some issues that we're gonna get into about the portrayal of this Tim Burton's portrayal of the Penguin. Right. But we'll we'll stand by on that. And then the other major name uh, is Christopher Walken. The other guy. He's the coming guy. off of a great cop movie called McBain. All right. Is it, when was McBain? 80? Like 88, I think. 89. Wow. Awesome. McBain. Yeah. It's a great name for a cop. Totally. That's my that's my pen name. Also, when I write you, you cop ri- books. Yeah. You know, oh, like f- Louis L'Amour and the, those Western uh-huh. novels. Uh-huh. I have a cop series. and gotcha. My right. author name is McBain. It's just McBain. Yeah, just McBain. It's not like Larry, you don't need Larry a, McBain. No. Larry? No. <laughs> it's like Jack McBain. Jack McBain, yeah. okay, yeah. Or just McBain. Or just McBain, yeah. Uh, King of New York, Communion, which were... He's doing some kind of far out there movies, but... Yeah. Uh, and the whole Christopher Walken that got so popular like throughout the 90s, the just weirdness of Christopher Walken he's not hadn't really ha- hit yet. Yeah. He was still you know, just doing straight acting. Um, movie I just discovered that I've brought up to you several times at close range. Right. Great yes. performance in that. Uh-huh. Like he's really not doing any of the typical stereotypical Christopher Walkenisms. Mm-hmm. I mean a little bit, but it's way more uh, it's a different kind of role for him. I see. And Deer Hunter. Sure. That's what kickstarted it. Yeah. Uh so his character, he's playing a character named Max Shrek who was Little tidbit here, some trivia. Go on. Was a, this character was originally supposed to be Harvey Dent? Interesting. Yeah, and it was supposed to be Billy D. Williams continuing that role in the the continuity from the original, the '89 Batman. Yeah, that's uh, so crazy. Yeah, and that was in Sam Hamm's script, hmm. where there was there was going to be a through line with uh, with Harvey Dent, mm-hmm. which would make sense. Sure, but. Burton kind of changed as he kind of soured on the Sam Ham script. That whole storyline kind of went by the wayside. Mm-hmm. But it, it would have, looking back on it, it would have made more sense for this character to be to be Harvey Dent. I'm curious what the storyline would be with the uh, with the district attorney as well, the as the villain in a sense of mm-hmm. what's what's he meddling in that you already have Catwoman and Penguin doing stuff. The Max Shrek character is just kind of this. He's just this sort of sideline villain who's mm-hmm. just doing his own thing that gets, you know. He's just like a corrupt businessman. Yeah. Who wants, mean, he's trying to create, what was it, a chemical power plant? or Yeah, he, he, he was creating a power plant that was more or less a battery so he can siphon off power. And then mm-hmm. 
presumably just you know dish it out at big bucks like you know st- standard like corporate villainy stuff mm-hmm. i mean he's a murderer too but oh yeah that's uh, just on the side just on the side but yeah. it's just sort of like i'm curious what the storyline would have been with the district attorney and then would he be dent or would he be two-face or would he be it's the evol- it, it, this would be it seemed like overall the third movie was going to be two-face okay because in the sam ham script it was he's harvey dent is getting more and more corrupt throughout batman returns okay and uh, like at the end of this movie when catwoman bites the taser and bites his face (laughs) that is how he becomes two-faced oh funny and the end of the movie is him as now as fully two-faced and I don't. I wasn't clear what he he was making some kind of decision, and he flips a coin, and it uh, lands uh, heads up. So he lets it go. But you know that, like it's it's hinting at the next one will be got it the bad uh, side. I see, and that will be part three. Yeah, yeah. So I think that was the general direction they were kind of moving towards. But yeah. Burton kind of segued out of that as he uh, as he switched over some of the writers, which which uh, we'll get to in a second. One quick cameo. That I thought was really cool was Paul Rubens. Yeah. As uh, Cobblepot Penguin's dad. Penguin's dad. Tucker, yeah. Tucker Cobblepot. Tucker, yeah, you know Tuck. Tuck. Yeah. Yeah, he did, uh, you know, so he come coming in another collab with Burton. Burton mm-hmm. just needs right that before, weird guy. <laughs> right before, I think this was right before he got into trouble. I think that's true, yeah. Right before uh, Paul Rubens had to go away for a while. Yeah. Um, there was a movement to cast Burgess Meredith as Penguin's father, uh-huh. uh, but he turned down the offer. He was a little too old. His health was in decline. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you see him in Grumpy Old Men, you know, he, he wasn't in the best of, of health at that point. Sure. And even with this, he might have been able to do a small role like this, but I think just wasn't, wasn't really interested. Yeah. Well, it's funny that, and then Paul Rubens, there's that show on Gotham uh, called Gotham on Fox where Penguin was, like, the main the main guy throughout the whole series. Mm-hmm. Like, and then uh, Paul Rubens came back to play uh, Penguin's dad oh, in, that's in awesome. that show. Didn't see it. I don't know what his involvement was, what the whole storyline was. But uh, but then Carol Kane actually plays his mom uh, in the oh, first two cool. seasons. So she's great. She plays, like, Carol a moon Kane. Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah, she's fantastic. Yeah. Wait, is that right? Is it Carol Kane? I mean, I, I haven't watched Gotham. No, I think so. Wait, or am I just... Am I... Am I mixing it with Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt? Schmidt? No, I'm pretty sure. <laughs> is she Gotham? Yeah, yeah, yeah. She, yeah, yeah. Okay, sorry. Uh, that's cool that they brought Paul Rubens back. Yeah, I don't. Know, I think it might have been an episode or two, and that's well. It. Although it seems like all those superhero shows, mm-hmm. uh, all sort of pay homage to yeah. like the versions that have come before them. Yeah, like the do. Flash. I know brought in Mark Hamill. Yeah. As the uh, character he played in like 1990 or something. Yeah, there was a version. Yeah, like his actual character was was terrorizing Central City. Yeah, like 20 years ago. Yeah, and he was just taken down. And then he play. Yeah, he plays that character. Then they use footage from the old show. It's not. It's not connecting the two shows, but mm-hmm. they use that old footage, so it's a younger him. And it's funny. He they did a whole episode around him, and then he comes back just for like a cold open. Like, it's it's amazing. I was like Mark, and this was right when the Star Wars movies are coming out. Uh-huh. Like. I was just like, he's like probably really busy. Like, how did they get him to just come back and do like a, a, a one day shoot? I mean, obviously yeah. that's that's all it took. It was just, but he had done a full episode, a full episode, and the next season he just pops in for one episode. Yeah, like, that's Mark really Hamill, cool. like he's huge. 
I love that stuff. Really cool. Yeah. Uh, so that's yeah. the cast. Um, cool. Superhero movies in general, there really weren't that many at this point, especially big ones. It was at this point, it was really just we, we mentioned it on, on Unbreakable, which right. you can which you can listen to in the archives at www.reconcinemation.com. Mm-hmm. Uh, Super the Superman franchise and the first Batman movie are really the only major major superhero movies at this point. Yeah, that was some, something that you'd call with with tights and capes. And yeah, stuff. yeah, the superhero. They hadn't really been able. No one had been able to kind of figure out how to make the Marvel movies work at this point. Yeah, That's other right. than the Incredible Hulk show. Yeah, was a success. Yeah. But uh, any of the movies like the Punisher and the Captain America movies were yeah. not good. No. Not good. No. 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 I'm not watching no. them again. Not going to happen. You can't make me. Nope. Uh, so, you know, we talked about the Sam Hamm version of the script. Mm-hmm. Uh, he had come up with the Catwoman. He's the one who, you know, decided to have the Catwoman and Penguin team up. Mm-hmm. Um, that he made the choice to go with those characters because really it's, you could go anywhere after the first Batman movie. Yeah, do whatever. Uh, he, like I said, he worked in that Harvey Dent storyline, uh, but Burton wasn't happy. So when he, when his attention was back on the movie after Scissorhands, he hired another writer, Daniel Waters, to uh, start doing some rewrites. Mm-hmm. Daniel Waters is coming off of Heather's, The Adventures of Ford Fairlane, and Hudson Hawk. Okay. So, interesting. Heather's was it was Heather's is a good movie. Mm-hmm. The others. Kind of famous for how bad they were, mm. especially mm. Hudson Hawk. Mm. That is a disaster that, of a yes. movie. That's what they say. But so bad it's good, though. I think now is it musical numbers and yeah, <laughs> okay. Bold choice to do that. Um, but he kind of put in the layers of the mayor storyline, replacing the Harvey Dent uh, storyline. Okay, you know the whole the whole motivation of the uh, Max Shrek character. And then the involvement of the penguin going after the uh, mayor role. He also, which we're, we'll talk about later, but the he introduced the sexualization of Catwoman and oh. making that a major part of her character. Great idea. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're gonna get there. Uh, and then another writer just came in named Wesley Strick, who just kind of did some touch-ups. He had written uh, Arachnophobia. Uh, he had written Cape Fear. Mm-hmm. He's uncredited on this movie, but he did do. Uh, he kind of fine-tuned the the Penguin's master plan element of okay. you know the backstory of him being dumped by his by his parents and then him coming back ultimately for revenge. Got it. Um, and these three these three versions of these three different portrayals by these writers, I think, is part of what we'll we'll talk about shortly. Of the, for me, it not there's not a cohesiveness it doesn't mix well it feels like three different scripts that are just kind of jammed into one yeah there's a lot going on for each character and but not enough on screen there's a there's a yeah like there's a lot there's a lot happening um before we get there we'll just, just talk about the production for a second so the uh they shoot the movie in the summer of 1991 uh over about three months Shot it at Warner, mostly in Warner Brothers yes. and Universal. 
Do they actually shoot at Learn Universal? Like, it must have been. It's only back lot and stage work. There's yeah. not one location shot. No, well, they, they had to shoot at Universal because they needed the the biggest stages. Yeah. So because well, that that main downtown Gotham set, mm-hmm. I didn't know where that, that was either Stage 16 at Warner Brothers or some other giant stage. Yeah. Well, yeah. I'm, pr- I'm pretty sure it was Stage 16 at Warner okay. Brothers. It's just I mean, those are major. They're so it's gigantic. Yeah, it's huge. It's, it's a city. It's this one square city block, and then it's so big, like tall. Which is the same one they probably used in the first movie. No. Where the cathedral? Oh, the stage. You mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Probably. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I would think so. Yeah, you'd almost use that. You just rebuild that same. But it's funny deal. watching it that you see, you can see like sort of the the wrinkles in the backdrops. Like there's, it's so stylized that. Mm-hmm. It, it does feel like this contained like play <laughs> like yeah. it, it just there's something about it that I never really picked up on the original Batman that but I'm assuming there had to be some location work just some of the stuff they did just going to the power pl- uh, the chemical plant or mm-hmm. all that I mean I, though, though it's probably just mostly on stage this one felt like so claustrophobic yeah you're, you're right, actually. I hadn't thought about that. that yeah. But it does kind of feel like a play almost. Yeah, because it's so hyper-stylized. I mean, there's miniatures in the damn movie. Like, you know, the, the zoo fly-through. That's totally yeah. a miniature. Oh, and yeah. Then, like, that's, some, like, that's straight out of Beetlejuice. Yeah, I mean, this is Burton doing his Burton best. Yeah. And, uh, but there's so, but the sets are so grandiose and large and everything. Like, that. this this move, we'll talk about the budget. But, like, you know, I, this, bu- this budget was more than doubled. Mm-hmm. For the second movie, oh yeah, over the first, um, so he kind of just got to do whatever. Like he, the, you can tell where a lot, of the money all went into the visual, mm-hmm. and, and even if it, they reused that downtown set for so much of the action, uh, yeah. they got their money's worth on that. Yeah, well, and the visuals are Tim Burton was clearly uh, motivated by German expressionism, like yeah. that 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 1920s and 30s German look of like these extreme sets and these very, you know, high angles and like everything is very canted angles and, and the, even the, the design of the sets, like there's a lot of points and sharp angles. A lot and, of sharp edges. Yeah. Don't bump your head. Like, like don't touch that building. It's a spike. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and that's where Max Shrek, the character name, was an homage to the original Nosferatu. Oh, got it. Right, okay. Uh, the actor who played. Yeah, yeah. Nosferatu. The actor who played Nosferatu, his name's Max Shrek. Yeah, so yeah, that's yeah. a little nod, a little tip of the hat. Hey. Uh, but the the uh, the penguins here, mm-hmm. they used some real penguins. There was a lot of there's a lot of happening with just the penguins. <laughs> they they used a mix of real penguins, robotic penguins, and then. Uh, little people in penguin suits, depending yeah. on what the shot was. Yeah, like the shot where, spoiler alert. I'm they, just anyone who didn't know. I'm just making tune out right now. Uh, <laughs> at the end, when the penguin is dead and the the, the penguins are like guiding him back into the yeah. the water, yeah. like those are little people in suits yeah. who are doing that. They couldn't train six emperor penguins to, yeah. to walk alongside him. The Humane Society, when they got out that they were doing gags with real penguins with rockets on their back, the Humane Society got all over the movie yeah. and, and had to get really, like, made their presence felt. Good. Yeah. Uh, everything ended up okay. Yeah. But, uh, and they proved there was, uh, they were taking great measures to keep these penguins, you know, happy. Like, yeah. they, they cooled the set down to 35 degrees yeah. when the penguins were on stage. They had their own pool. 
They got fresh fish delivered every day. Beautiful. Like a half ton of ice every day. Wow. I mean, there's yeah, there's a ton of penguins just swimming around. Yeah, like, they're just during there. The sh- and I noticed when they in the in the climax when they're shooting down there and Batman and Catwoman are talking, they had the cold they had cold breath like natural. Mm-hmm. It's like oh wow, that's like that's legit. Like they're in a legit refri- like penguin friendly stage. Yeah, and I, I I wonder if that may have been part of the motivation to set this movie at Christmas, just so they could, just so they could not have to like fight the production issues and uh, having to literally have it be so cold. Right, right, right. You know, That's that, that may have been come with that. Otherwise, there's no reason it doesn't have to take place at Christmas. That's true, yeah. But if you're, yeah, you're going to have a bunch of penguins around and it's cold out, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Huh. Good move, guys. Good job. Thumbs up. Uh, the cat suit. We'll talk a little bit about the wardrobe. Meow. That was such a big part of all of the superhero movies. This one in particular, I remember the hype when the movie was coming out, there was a lot of discussion about the bat suit and the cat suit. Yeah. Uh, there were 60 latex suits made for Michelle Pfeiffer. Oh my God. About $1,000 per suit. Uh-huh. Uh, Tim Burton designed the, the, the stitches that are in that. Uh-huh. Of like, he, his vision was like a cat, like that was a stuffed cat, like the stuffing would have been like exploding out of it. Okay. Um, it's a great design. I love the it was design cool, of the yeah. It looks really cool. And there's something about it like a little bit Hello Kitty-ish to me. Hmm, yeah. I don't know. like Hello Kitty-ish? Yeah. Okay. Do you, know what, know, do do you know what Hello Kitty looks like? I know what Hello Kitty looks like. <laughs> Does she look anything I'm like Catwoman? I'm a Catwoman? big fan. <laughs> she's, yeah, she's like kind of black well, and stitches everywhere. Isn't that when, when there's a shot where she puts her face like uh, in the Hello Kitty like... Yeah, design right. Well, it's not window. really. It's this. We're close to Hello Kitty. It's this like. Uh, well, it's more like a Felix the Cat kind of. Oh yeah, design. I'm sorry, Felix the okay. Cat, not Hello Kitty. Okay. I take it back. Yeah, Felix the Cat. But like, it's part of the Shrek. Like the the clock on the Shrek building mm-hmm. is the is this round cat head. Yeah, and the clock is like on the nose, and then yeah, on the glass, mm-hmm. they establish it like super early on that that like that's a logo mm-hmm. or a character of Shrek or whatever. I think I remember when when the first Batman came out, they talked like Michael Keaton talking about how hard it was to be in that suit like all day mm-hmm. and how much weight he lost. And there's many stories of actors like losing massive amounts of weight because yeah. just sweating, just sweating all day. Yeah. Um, they did a body cast of Michelle Pfeiffer to make the suit, painted it with liquid silicone to give it that kind of shininess. Mm-hmm. But she wore this suit like 12 to 14 hours a day. Ridiculous. And and she had to like get completely out of it to like go to the bathroom and yeah. she was covered in talcum powder so she could fit into it. I mean, because it's skin tight. Yeah, yeah. It's it 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 looks like it's painted on her. You really, constantly. yeah. Like it's just yeah. There's the one scene where she's talking to Penguin and his like she on the where she's on the bed. Or? Yeah, she's on the bed, but then she sits on the edge of the bed and you see how just thin like she her waist she's thin is anyway, so thin. Yeah, and the suit just like and then like so it's like her thin waist and then like her her natural hips and mm-hmm. it's just like she is just crammed in there like yeah. she's so thin and then it's this tight bodysuit. I mean like, that could yikes. have been that couldn't have been fun to be in that. I cannot imagine. Uh, she looked incredible. Like it was yeah. a great design. It was a great look. Yeah. I mean, and it match. Other than the the shininess is a new part of that suit, but mm-hmm. because I think in the comics she was still in like a gray, yeah, you know, a grayish kind of suit. But. I think that was her, her main look. Yeah, yeah. Um, they did make some improvements on the bat suit to make it easier for Michael Keaton. They mm-hmm. put a zipper in there so he oh. could go. 
OPP. Okay. Yeah. Um, I'm sure he was happy about that. Sure. It was the the material was a little more was a little thinner, yeah. a little more flexible, so he wasn't so quite so rubbery all mm-hmm. the time. Mm-hmm. Um, so I th- and and it wasn't a, as muscular. There's always yeah. as we if we'll ever do a show, which I'm sure we will on Batman Forever. The sure bat nipples are a big thing in that suit. Okay. Uh, this one, they kind of toned down the muscles and just made it a little bit. There, there's still muscles, but it not. It's not as rippled as oh. as the '89 Batman suit. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, another quick production thing: the the music of the movie, beautiful. Danny Elfman also returns, a, a regular collaborator with Tim Burton. Of course, yeah. They work great together. His sound just matches. Uh, matches Tim Burton's visuals really, really nicely. Yeah, a, a great team. I think they did kind of separate for a little while around Ed Wood uh, time, and then they were back together for Mars Attacks and Sleepy Hollows, but, Sleepy Hollow. But, but the, uh, I think, I, I think he's reusing some of the score from the first movie mm-hmm. a bit. But I mean, this is the score. Sure. Well, you have your themes. That your you're themes. Gonna... A really strong, like sort of long bits where they they totally translated that for the animated series that became oh yeah there's that became the theme and that's what every every fan knows that well that and it's theme. hard to like watch the nolan movies and not like i'm like even when i rewatch them i'm like still kind of expecting that batman theme <laughs> oh, really? you know yeah do, 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 with a bunch of horns yeah just coming in yeah but this one is a little bit of a darker tone mm-hmm. um there is there is a tonal change I mean, it fits the movie, and I think Elfman did a, a great job with it. I love hearing those oboes and those exciting moments where it's just like up and down, and mm-hmm. like you just uh, where where the, it it has that playful quality to it. That mm-hmm. that Bur- Burton's design and aesthetic, and just the storytelling. There's always something playful to it, regardless of how dark it is. Mm-hmm. And then, but Elfman's score just totally matches that. Yeah, they, they complement each other so well. Um, but yeah, the, ob- the the oboe, some woodwind instruments just going like in those like weird transitions into like mm-hmm. the big cymbal clashes and yeah. horns and ah, it's just great. No, yeah, big fan. I was I was happy. I wasn't a big fan of the Prince element in '89 Batman. Uh, okay, I, I never was. Just I only got into you didn't Prince, like bad like, later dance? on. You didn't like bad dance. No, no. Are you bananas? I know. Oh my god! So I was thankful that there was no Prince stuff going on, and we could just get the Danny Elfman. Score. But like the rest, but his Prince songs aren't really injected into the movie that much, are they? Uh, well, that the parade at the end. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, and then when he attacks and the, the art museum, the art museum. Those are the two parts. But you know, he just he throws some rock and rock and roll on mm-hmm. some weird, some weird music. I was really like disappointed because I went to buy the Batman score. Mm-hmm. And I accidentally got the soundtrack. <laughs> it's mostly like Prince. an idiot. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, what? oh, man. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I'm going to shift gears now. Oh, okay. What are you thinking? So I'm going to get into the whole point of why we're here. Does this movie work? We're reviewing movies from the 70s, 80s, and 90s. That's what we this do here fits. at Reconcinimation. <laughs> Live from Reconcinima Studios. And how? This movie has a lot of problems to me. Mm-hmm. Uh, this does not name age. them. I'm going to start, start topic by topic. Go, oh no! And you want to fight me on it? You can fight me on. Uh, I'm going to start with the penguin. Okay. Uh, I've always had a problem with. I just. This is my opinion only. Okay. I'm sure there are people. There are many people that still like this movie, yeah. that are okay with some of this stuff. Mm-hmm. 
But I thought the choice to make Penguin like a mutant version of himself, like a gross, disgusting, with like he's got black blood or dark blue blood or something. Like, yeah. Why? Right. I mean, I know that's a Tim Burton. He likes you know the, the quote unquote the freak, freak element. Yeah. But Penguin is a gangster. Like he just he's physically right. deformed. Yeah. Uh, but uh, that's it. There's no. He's yeah. not a mutant. Yeah. And his choice to do that, I just, I never, that never sat well with me. I think that, yeah, there's something there. I, I'm not really a fan of the Penguin as a character in general. Uh, but so then this one, taking it to a level of just like, the only way this kind of would work is if, and I, you wouldn't do this in 1992, but like some sort of, some sort of uh, internal f- struggle with him to actually be this bad guy. Mm-hmm. Like he, he's had his agenda the whole time. Like, He's not. There's no. There's no chance for uh, him to be redeemed in the film. So if there was that opportunity, I think you can kind of you can kind of balance it. But mm-hmm. him just being like straight evil, straight out for revenge, and then he just takes this little side trip with Max Shrek to you know to be a public face, of, mm-hmm. to be to run for mayor, to be used by Shrek. That it just sort of fizzles out almost like immediately. Yeah. And then he just well, all right. Well, I'm just gonna go do my other plan. <laughs> like, yeah. It's uh, it's a little strange. Um, if and if he was the sole villain in it, you'd have that time, but you don't have that much time. Oh, d- don't worry, the, the multiple villain thing is on my list okay. here. Yeah, but him as a mutant, it, it's an odd choice. I agree that it's probably not. It wasn't probably the best choice you could do. Yeah, but it fits. It fits what Tim, he wants to do. It fits the Tim Burton yeah. style. It's just one I, I've never agreed with. Yeah, especially if the the idea of like he's a he's a freak by nature. And Batman is a freak because he mm-hmm. puts on a costume, and so and and then Catwoman's sort of this in between, uh, the two of them. Yeah, where she's just mentally deranged because she was murdered yeah. and then re- resurrected by cats. Well, and it's which it, is weird, weird and like that super, whole thing of that like, supernatural. The cats come and start licking you, and you're alive. Okay, <laughs> it's I banana. guess that that works. Right? Why not? Right? Sure, <laughs> it works because you said it does. So. Yeah. Uh, but Burton, and he did this much more in the future as he got into Charlie and the Chocolate Factory and mm-hmm. uh, Alice in Wonderland, like taking these char- established characters and turning them into these bizarre-looking versions of themselves mm-hmm. that always have to have some kind of visual standout. Like, yeah. you know, uh, and, and Johnny Depp and Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, like, well, in both. Mm-hmm. He's just, uh, you know, insane-looking. Yeah, well, he Burton wants to bring the the things that are internal and make them external, mm-hmm. like so that everyone's wearing like who they are on their sleeve, like uh, or not on their sleeve, but just their their that's their external appearance. Mm-hmm. That's how he tells the story. So, mm-hmm. it, does it work for for Penguin? No, I thought it hurt all of those movies. I think it hurt Batman Returns. Mm-hmm. I mean, the lasting value of it. Yeah, I think it hurt Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. Mm-hmm. I think it hurt Alice in Wonderland. People definitely rejected that movie i mean Thumbs down. the other it, it people went and saw it but yeah uh if you asked them if they liked it i don't think you find that many people that really love those movies i see yeah. of course you know there are always fans of everything but sure um what else this, did you like? this movie is major league sexist oh yeah majorly <laughs> gross it's really gross and of course it, you know in 2018 so much of this just does not work. It's really hard to watch. Yeah. 
You'd never um, put this shit in a script today. I'm going to start with, like, Penguin sexually harasses pretty much every woman in this movie. Yeah. You know, the, the like, when he first announces he's going to become mayor, he's going to run, you know, become mayor. I mean, he's basically, like, touching a girl's boob when he puts the pin on her chest. Like, that's creepy. Yeah. And everything he says, everything he says towards Catwoman is just really uncomfortable. Um, uh, I don't even know if it's a product of its time. It was definitely all over the place in movies and, uh, you know, was was much more commonplace then. But Well, I, that I, to be fair, a lot of that bullshit locker room talk, quote-unquote, is rampant throughout movies in the 80s and 90s. Absolutely, like, like, yeah. And then to put it on a character who is physically like a gross lascivious kind of guy it just like it kind of doubles it kind of doubles it like mm-hmm. not that a good looking guy should be able to get away with saying shit like this because yeah typically a guy saying that if they're you could use that to make them if they're the villainous character like you know on a college campus they talk like that but then your heroes could also talk like that because they're well they're yeah. actually the good guys yeah they wouldn't actually do that but they'll still talk like pigs yeah <laughs> you know? yeah like, absolutely it's just so it's just it, yeah. As we move farther away from the time it was made, it's just like, yeah, no thanks. No. Like you're just that's less appealing. But it was more socially acceptable then. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. The sexualization that I mentioned before of Catwoman. I mean everything. Like especially once, you know, they they play up how awkward and uncomfortable Selena Kyle is. Yeah, she's the total. She's opposite. a goof and. Mm-hmm you know, kind of a mess. And then the minute she becomes Catwoman, it's everything is about, I mean, the undertone is sex, sex, sex. Yeah. Well, yeah, she's uh, sexually energized, but she doesn't talk like, she doesn't talk like uh, that she wants sex or anything, but she's right. She it's never sex, said she uses right. her, she, you know, this is, this is the early nineties version of female empowerment to use her own sexuality as a weapon mm-hmm. that she, she turns Batman's head, she turns penguin. Everyone looks, you know, mm-hmm. but she's using it against them. So it's like empowering. It's like, you're like half, you're half a step away from like, from making her an empowered, powerful character. Well, the, cause yeah. you're, you know, she's using what men would easily fall for. Right. She's, yeah. The character is using that, but visually, I mean, like, like, we're all about the curves of Michelle Pfeiffer's body, and right. that whole suit is designed around that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. To, so you can just stare at her the entire movie. Right. It's just kind of it's gross. Like yeah. wherever their heads are turning, like, and then like you know, and her I, manner. I mean, her body, her mannerisms are all everything sexual. Yeah. Yeah. The way she walks and mm-hmm. talks, and yeah. Uh, you know when she's on top of Batman and licks his face, like mm-hmm. that's like an <laughs> erotic thing. Like, yeah. That's happening there. Yeah. So. She visits Penguin, who she has no interest in, but she still lays around the bed. Oh and, yeah, like, you know, knowing that that's something he's going to react mm-hmm. to. Uh, it's. <laughs> I don't know if you need. I mean, she licks herself. Yeah, she just said, "Maybe I'm going to take a bath," and then she yeah. licks her arm and cleans herself. Yeah, on her costume. Like, what are you doing? <laughs> this is bananas. <laughs> it just you know it gets shoved down your throat, and I don't know. I don't know if you need that. <laughs> uh, it's not. It's not necessary. Um, at, at all. I mean, Catwoman. She's, a, she's she doesn't a, have to be this way. She's a thief in the comics. In the comics, but here she's just an agent of revenge. She's mm-hmm. also she just wants revenge. She was killed for for sniffing, you know, trying to be a good employee, right? And now she's and, just like, I'm just gonna kill this guy. And, but, but like, why does and I, 
why does she even end up interacting with Batman or Penguin? It's like she's really just solely after Max Shrek, yeah. but somehow gets wrapped up with these other two, and it's not even... Well, Batman tries to stop her. They have right, that one fight. Right, yeah. So Batman, Batman's just in her way. So then she... And I think technically he kills... He's the second one that kills her. You know, That's she's what got they say, lines. but she falls into a thing of kitty litter, right? Isn't that how she kill, how yeah, Batman kills her? Yeah, but I think technically... She, she would cost have died. Life. Yeah, yeah, she would have been. She would have it's died. Like a video game. But of course, there's always a giant truckload of, of kitty litter open. Oh yeah, open kitty litter. Just <laughs> they don't come in bags. It comes uh, in loose in the truck. Loose truck. And loose you shovel litter. it out. <laughs> it's a banana. We all know that. <laughs> but yeah, every man in the movie kills her. Mm-hmm. A bunch of t- like, yeah. She's like, man, what? How interesting would it just a, a cat, that Catwoman in her own movie doing shit? Even if it's like her and Batman. Like, oh, it would have been. Imagine if you like you cast Halle Berry as <laughs> as that role. Oh my God, perfection! I never saw that one. But Neither did boy, anyone else. But boy, did that look terrible! <laughs> Looks like she. That's and, a Hall of Shame movie. And she and I think the the plot of that is she she's going up against the uh, the CEO of a makeup company who is a woman and who's probably, probably Sharon Stone. I think so. Yeah. So it's like it's about makeup and and. You know, corporate greed and all that, but it's about a woman and leading a, a makeup company or yeah. whatever. Like, geez, guys, it was, and <laughs> like, it's that's geez. a movie that was in development for since Batman Returns. They wanted a Catwoman. They always movie. wanted a Catwoman movie, and then fin- that was what they ended that's up making. The final like, version. Like you just threw in the towel at some point and said, <laughs> "Roll camera." You oh know. My God. What do women like to deal with? Well, makeup's kind of, of their course, biggest thing. Yeah. So she's going to fight corruption and yeah, <laughs> in makeup in the makeup industry. Okay. Um, and then the everything with the ice princess oh, just bugged me. Like that, you know, it sucks that she dies. Yeah, so why do you kill her? And then they just like they like nobody cares yeah. that they did actually kill somebody. Yeah, uh, and it just doesn't mean anything. Well, it's so weird. She's in the opening of the movie where she lights the Christmas thing. Like, she's, she's a walking sex symbol. She takes off a giant fur coat and she's like wearing like you know, you know, a sexy outfit and it's like. Okay. Yeah. Why? And she doesn't even have a name. No, she's just Ice Princess. Just Ice Princess. Yeah. When Batman goes to rescue her and then Catwoman's there, like, she had lines. Like, she had speaking. Like, they're mm-hmm. talking. That's <laughs> like, a part. Yeah. It's like, it's, it was like, oh, they could do more with her. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then right when she's on the edge of the building, she's talking to Batman. Like, but then they just murder her. Like, yeah. I, I get the point. Like, it's to frame Batman as though he killed. But it's like, ah, oh, geez. You could have done. To- I mean, there was a much more dramatic way you could have done that yeah. you know plot element yeah. but she's on the ledge for we don't even know why he let me go yeah well, then hop down what yeah. are you doing why would you stand there exactly why would you stay up there and then easily gets knocked over sure she, she let me go oh, spoiler alert yeah uh, i like saying spoiler alert after i've mm-hmm. said the spoiler it's that's fine that's where you it's say really it, right? cool it's yeah always yeah. that's where you it's do the it. proper placement of it uh-huh um how about so? Why is this movie called Batman Returns? Because the baby. dude is he's back, barely, baby. He's barely in the movie. What he's, are you talking about? He's barely in the first half of this movie. He's in the opening sequence. Well, not the opening sequence. He's in like maybe two sequences in the first half of the movie. It's <laughs> all about Catwoman and Penguin. It sets up, yeah. It sets so up. it's it almost, and I know this isn't true, but when I watch the movie, it feels like. Did Michael Keaton like quit halfway through, and they just had to use the footage they shot and oh, work geez. it in? Ah, oh, jeez, <laughs> that that didn't happen, but it just feels like that. Yeah. Like there are movies like, like I'll say, 
executive decision with our good friend Kurt yeah. and Steven Seagal, who quit the movie halfway through and they immediately like changed course of. Uh, oh, is that why he died in it? Oh yeah, that's he quit. I, he quit or he got fired. One of those oh. depends who you hear it from, but uh, that does happen. Of course that happens. And, and uh, it, I, I kind of thought of that watching this. But, I see. But he's like, it, it doesn't really feel like a Batman. He's not the lead character. Well, Batman is Batman is defined by the villains he fights. Sure. So I think you, he's the least interesting of, of everyone he fights, if you think about it. Batman is... You know he's great at what he does, mm-hmm. and he's got. But a he's sense got of, the one backstory, and yeah, you know he's got that in his sense of justice. You know, and so then it's a, it's more like Bruce. There's a the decision to make Bruce Wayne a, a bigger part of it. Like so, he deals with Shrek, and he's sort of and he's mm-hmm. having he's romancing Selena Kyle. He's you know they don't they don't go heavy on it where he could have a he could see himself having a normal life with a woman like mm-hmm. this, this tragedy of love that you know he's prevented from having. You know, because he's Batman or whatever. Yeah, it's touched on. Like, there's just like it's just a nugget. And of I something. like those. I like those scenes between him and Selena Kyle. Yeah, like where they're where they're at. You know, Wayne Manor and and then dancing. And, yeah, and talk, like and just talking on the street. And I really liked where they like just started to get into like he can't. You know how conflicted of a character he is. Yeah, but that's it. That's the only emotional connection you get from from him in this movie. Yeah, where the first movie is filled with it. Yeah. Um. But he's, you know, he's just basically one note, and it's he's got this love-hate thing with Catwoman and Selena Kyle going on. There's not much else for him there. He doesn't have a lot of dialogue. He's not present in a large part of the movie because you're, it's just Catwoman or it's Penguin, Penguin and Max Shrek, and Shrek. that entire storyline. Yeah, but... Um, I, and, th- and this ties in with the other problem of... Why do we need multiple villains? To this day, it continues. Why can't... The, Batman proved it so well. Yeah, Batman versus Joker. Yeah. In almost, almost every superhero movie since then, starting with this one, it's Batman versus Penguin and Catwoman and Max Shrek. Why well, do we need... Well, I mean... Shrek he, doesn't really count. No, but he's a villain. He's, he's motivating the other things to happen. Yeah. Well, he's just in the, he he, without him, he's a cat. You know, he is a catalyst, right? Mm-hmm. So yeah, but Batman's not really dealing with him. Like Batman doesn't have doesn't have anything to do with him. Like the, Bruce Wayne could it was handling him on the side. Like mm-hmm. so, I get it. But no, to have two full rogues, you know, to star. I mean, yeah, it, there's a lot to juggle. Like yeah, I, I, that makes sense. I, I mean, agree these are, with this you. is two movies crammed into one. Yeah, if you just did a Penguin movie, right? What's the point well, of Catwoman on the side? What's you could have. Why couldn't you have just done a Penguin movie and then a Catwoman movie? Right. And in fact, that would have, you know. And the same thing goes for Batman Forever, where you've got two villains and then three villains in Batman and Robin, right. which has a whole bunch of other problems. But you could have. Exti- I don't see it. <laughs> no, it's fine, right? No, no, I don't know what you're yeah, talking about. That movie's all good. <laughs> uh, you could have extended the life of Batman because it really did come to an end with Batman and Robin. Mm-hmm. Until Batman Begins, but you could have extended this like a long time. I mean, that's a lot of movies that you, a lot of characters you crammed into three movies. Yeah, I think part of that is now it's the it's the problem, the commercialism of it. Like it, we, we got to get more. Like, mm-hmm. well, you know, you had Joker, you had Nicholson. You well, top it. So when you, now we need two A listers. Yeah. to come in. Like we'll make it bigger, and then but well it, let's do it again. Like, and it feels like it feels like 
Penguin and Catwoman featuring or guest starring Batman. He he's he doesn't have an, a lot to do. You're right, but uh, I'm I'm always right. Well, That's the whole point of this show. It. I think if you t- if you took a clock if you took a stopwatch to it, there's a lot of Bruce Wayne or Batman. That's comparable to the rest. I think they're just they they I think they muddle each other. I think it's well, yeah. I mean, they detract takes, from each other. It takes a while to get Batman involved in the story because you're spending time. I, I understand it that you're setting up these not one but two villains. Yeah, you have to create that plot line. Yeah. Now, how do we get Batman in there? Yeah. So, how do you juggle all three? Well, it's but, good. I mean, and you saw it like where he he starts to suspect Penguin like the next day after his big reveal. And then he he starts figuring out like oh he's part of the circuit gang the red triangle mm-hmm. gang or whatever, so they could have been and then you know they had a they had their little back and forth and then Catwoman shows up and then but imagine if it was Batman and Penguin like talk, having three separate like sort of clashes mm-hmm. and until like the 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 big ending yeah uh, which you know their final thing is a big is a big action battle mm-hmm. like. And then rockets explode. Rockets, a lot, a lot of rocket, a lot talk. of rocket, rock talk, rock talk, rock talk. Yeah. <laughs> um, and but, then lastly, we uh, talked about Christopher Walken. Yeah, he's in this movie he's, all over the place. He's all over this movie, and I get that. Like, they just almost anyone could have played this character. Like, they really didn't take full advantage of the Walkenisms. Which, again, he wasn't there though. He didn't. He yeah, wasn't that, he, he wasn't weird. He yet. wasn't that walking yet. So I'll, I'll the weirdest part a, about him is his hair, which is a wig. Like right. they made it like. He well, didn't the walking stuff like start on SNL when he started hosting SNL kind of regularly? Like they started embracing his his weirdness. Yeah, and then that then little by little with Tarantino and throughout the '90s, it started really to yeah. He became a, a character, you know, like a characterization of himself. Yeah, they're finding you know it, this. What this is what happens with a lot of these these guys who've been in Hollywood for a while. They they find that really what works, and then like, what are people like glomming onto, and then just just hit that note every time. Yeah, they're remember, they're playing versions of the like like Jack after the really after Batman. Jack Nicholson was like he's playing Jack Nicholson in this situation. Oh yeah, he's yeah. not playing this character. Right. You know. But it's just like De Niro now mm-hmm. is Robert De Niro in every oh, yeah, movie, yeah. you know. Yeah, and Pacino, you know, yeah, same thing. They're, yeah, so that's fine. They lean into that. They they get to do, have fun, do yeah. whatever they want. Uh, but, but do you remember remember Christopher Walken in the the Fat Boy Slim video? Oh yeah, that was that dancing was around. That yeah. was great. Yeah. <laughs> like, but here, like, you don't get any of his personality. It's a really flat character. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's no real depth to Max Shrek. No, that's, that's the one thing. Note. He shouldn't have been really been played by someone that's this big mm-hmm. like he should be he it's should, misleading almost though. yeah because you're expecting like where's the big scene with him and it's just not there his biggest thing is when he kills selena kyle i think is your best mm-hmm. you think but otherwise he's they don't do enough with the character he's just mm-hmm. this greedy guy that and he his legacy is to build this thing for his son chip who the actor who affects affects uh the walk and talk like yeah i love that he did this the speech pattern awful <laughs> But I loved it. That was I mean, so, it's so bad, it's good. So, yeah, 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 yeah. It's just so silly. And that's an actor, too. You see him. He's in the program. He's in yeah. lots. Of, he, I think he was Leatherface in the newer Texas Chainsaw movies. Oh, okay. But, yeah. Um, but, yeah, I mean, Walken just kind of wasted in this movie. Yeah. Uh, it's, for the most part. But it's nice to see him. Well, yeah. yeah he's flat. Well, it's always but, good to see Walken. And this is... Give me this, some Walken, baby. This is like... <laughs> 
<laughs> this is around Wayne's World 2-ish. Oh, no, this is around Wayne's World 1. Wayne's World 1 is that yeah. year, I think. 2 is 94, I think. Because uh, he's the true. Rob Lowe in Wayne's World 2. Yeah. Oh, right, right. Yeah, yeah. Um, but, yeah, so I, that's there's a lot of things. Everything we just talked about the last 20 minutes. Mm-hmm. Um, really, I just I, it's hard for me to like this movie. I get that. As much as I can like the original Batman, I just I really struggle with this one because it should be a really great movie. Yeah, it's got all the elements. It, just it has just, too many elements. Yeah, that yeah. that's the problem. Yeah, that there's so it's all there. Mm-hmm. Just calm down, spread it out. Mm-hmm. Let's make this two movies because you could have even if it was Penguin and Max Shrek, right? Cut out all that screen time with Catwoman. Yeah, and or or make it Catwoman and Max Shrek. You know, because he's a catalyst for both characters. Exactly. So either way you go, drop all the screen time from the other character, and you can have flesh out a really nice story just like you did with the Joker. Yeah. Uh, But they don't or didn't. And I think that, you know, it it holds this movie back big time. Mm -hmm. Not in the same way that the Joel Schumacher ones are just bad from start to finish. Yeah. you know, this has, you know, Michael Keaton's, he's uh, great as Batman and Bruce Wayne. Mm-hmm. I think he works well as both. Yep. Um, you had high caliber actors. It's just too much. You're right. There's just too much going on. It's like, and then even, even when it comes down to the climax of the movie where he stops the Penguin's plan, he does it off screen quickly. And there mm-hmm. was there were agents all around the city kidnapping kids. You see one small grouping of them mm-hmm. and you know and i there batman does deserve the shorthand like batman can just take care of it like mm-hmm. when people make a question like in the christopher nolan movie the third one how does he get all the way from the other side of the world with no resources and, and I, i'm like well because he's batman like, yeah he can how do you break into the city there's people yeah but he's batman like we we've, we've shown you why he can do this we don't need to walk you through it i as much of a as many gripes as you can throw at those movies is like it, it, and it's stupid, but because he's Batman is a legitimate reason for almost anything happening. Yeah. Like, yeah. that's it. That's why. How did he? Why, he's Batman. why did that happen? He's well, got he's, some technology that he, he developed. He's Batman. He he took care of it. Yeah. But anyway, it's uh, so the, that's the thing. Like this the whole thing was going to be happening. It, it should have taken him hours to round up all the bad guys like mm-hmm. <laughs> in Gotham City. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then he does it in like two seconds. Yeah. And it's and it's over. Um but, uh, and you've got your uh, setup for a Catwoman return that never happens. Yeah, she like shows up at the. You see her looking at the movie, which was added later. Oh, really? And that's not Michelle Pfeiffer. It's a double. It's a double that they just you know had that shot, that pan up of Gotham, and then you just see her pop into frame. Okay. That she's she's got one life left. She's got a yeah. She's and she's wearing a perfectly composed. Uh, you know, mask. Cat, cat mask, cat yeah. mask. Although it was completely obliterated, more or less. In the <laughs> oh yeah, in her it's battle. All fixed now, every time she like falls, hair comes out, mm-hmm. a tear in it. <laughs> I mean, but she made that really quickly, so yeah. you'd think she could just repair it. She could. Yeah. Uh, um, let's talk some. Uh, wait. Oh, fuck. Um. So I mean, we keep talking about the how crazy these movies got we, we we mentioned how it just sort of kind of snowballs and everything mm-hmm. so i thought what if we take a look at the 
not just this movie, but uh, the, the these four, the Burton Schumacher quadrilogy, quadrilogy, which I love is a word. It's a good word. Mm-hmm. You but, thank Alien for that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, the quadrilogy. The question. <laughs> uh, but what if I give you some? I'm going to give you some lines from one of the four movies. Oh yeah. And you tell me which movie it's from, if maybe. Shoot, go for so, it. So uh, let's see. We can call this. Uh, uh, that's what they said. <laughs> that's what Bat said. That's what Batsy said. Uh, <laughs> okay, let's see. I'm just gonna pick a couple at random here, um, and it's okay if you don't know these. These aren't famous lines necessarily. Okay. He didn't even lose a limb, an eyeball, bladder control. I'm gonna say Batman Forever. Oh, it's Batman Returns. Actually, uh, the Penguin says it. The Penguin says it. <laughs> Um, okay, two characters talking. Okay. You're insane. I thought I was a Pisces. Batman and Robin. No, it's from Batman. It's Vicky Vale and Joker. You're right again. <laughs> Over two. Over two. Um, this is harder than I thought. It is hard. I mean, because who, who talk? You know, who's going to talk like this? Uh, ooh. As I was saying, I'm a woman and I can't be taken for granted. Life's a bitch, now so am I. Batman and Robin. Oh, this movie, Batman Returns. Catwoman says it. Oh, oh my <laughs> god. She's got him dangling over the Oh yeah, yes, you're right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and he throws acid at her. She's <laughs> and she curses a couple of times in this movie. Uh yeah, she said life's a bitch. She says shit. Does she? Yeah. Where? When uh when she's Selena Kyle and they're they're on their date at Wayne Manor. Uh-huh. Oh, and then right. He like disappears, yeah. and then she realizes she needs to go. She's got to go, and she says, "Oh shit, oh, shit. yeah." I think Penguin says it too when he grabbed the wrong umbrella at the mm-hmm. end. He goes, "Oh shit, yeah. I grabbed the cute one." <laughs> um, oh, it's the car, right? Chicks dig the car. Batman. Uh, Batman Forever with by Val, Val Kilmer. I thought Keaton said that. Uh, not that phrase. I think. Mm. I think he does say something, something about like the car. That. Yeah. It's something about Vicky Vale liking the car. I forget. Yeah. Uh, what spot? But uh, Val Kilmer said it. Val Kilmer said it to mm. uh, Nicole Kidman. Uh, <laughs> about this, uh, holy rusted metal, Batman. The ground, it's all metal, full of holes. You know, holy. Well, it's Robin who says it. Yes. But which one? Which one? Batman Forever. It is Batman Forever. I got one. All they right. go to that the, the metal island that Two Face yeah. and Riddler apparently oh, have. Oh my god, that movie! <laughs> uh, tonight's forecast: a freeze is coming. Batman, Batman and Robin. <laughs> yeah, that's freeze. a dead giveaway. <laughs> I started copying a, uh, a bunch of Mister Freeze. I don't think I got them all, but eight or nine freeze puns. Oh, <laughs> just <yeah>. oh, the, <laughs> there's so many. We will, you know, guys, we will cover Batman forever and Batman and Robin just to embrace how awful they are. <laughs> yeah. There's so much badness in those movies. It's, it's going to be a great show. Uh, apparently as, as I was looking up the, f- the first lines of uh, Batman and Robin, you know, they're obviously a duo, they're fighting crime. They appear. And then Robin says, I want a car. Chicks dig the car. And then Batman says, this is why Superman works alone. Oh, good stuff. Good stuff. <laughs> Warner Brothers letting that out there. Here's some uh, Mr. Freezes for you real quick. Yeah. Give me give me like three. Let's kick some ice. <laughs> cool party. Stay cool, bird boy. Uh, tonight hell freezes over. Uh, the Iceman cometh. 
<laughs> Freeze in hell, Batman. If revenge is the best dish, is a dish best served cold, then put it on your Sunday. Fi- put on your Sunday finest. It's time to feast. Oh my God! Those oh. Are- let me break the ice. My name is Freeze. That's all he says. <laughs> Everything that comes out of his mouth is like yeah. One he of those he lines. only has a few lines that aren't. Uh, oh. So that's well, that's what they said. <laughs> that was baptastic. There's a few others, but these the whole the whole movie. Oh, all these God. movies are terrible. Well, let's let's talk some box office. Oh, talk some bo. Some bo. Okay. Uh, this was filmed, like I said earlier, in L.A. on the Warner Brothers and Universal backlots in the summer of '91. Yeah, what a great summer that was! Uh, I, ta- I think about it all the time. I yeah, every day. Uh, Eighty million dollar budget, which was way up from from the first movie. Yeah, I think thirty five. Probably spent a lot of that on the cast. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was released on June nineteenth, nineteen ninety two, in uh, about twenty six hundred screens. So that's a major. That was everywhere. Yeah, couldn't couldn't miss this movie. The marketing was everywhere. I don't feel like the marketing was as huge as the first Batman. I, I you know the first Batman had that uniqueness to it, like oh, a Batman movie, like this. So this was, I don't remember. This was there, probably just more the machine of yeah, the sequel. Though. I don't remember there being like the toys. Remember the toy line from the '89 Batman, but I don't remember seeing Penguin or Catwoman like mm-hmm. action figures. I'm sure they did them. But oh, I'm sure they did too, but it wasn't like as yeah successful um this was had a number one at the box office definitely like movie of the week for sure yeah um movie of the week i mean you talking about nothing premiered with it it was oh nobody challenged batman that week they they snatched that that weekend and no one programmed nobody wanted to compete with that juggernaut makes sense uh 45.6 million dollar opening weekend Had a hundred almost one hundred and sixty three million dollar domestic gross, two almost uh, like two hundred and sixty five million dollar worldwide gross. Not bad. I mean, that's a that's a major hit. That's decent back then. Yeah, especially in ni- yeah ninety two. Yeah, great, great, big good time job. success. So the so the franchise is, you know, whether you get your creative issues with it or not, it was a hit movie. The Batman franchise is going to continue. Um, you know, and then the studio is going to want to roll this around right into the next, the next sequel. But like, and I think what the original Batman though was was crazy. Like, didn't it make like two hundred and sixty? Yeah, something, it was, something insane. Well, like, it made more money. The budget was less. Yeah. So, um, but they did spend a lot on marketing that. Yeah. So well, I'm not saying it's just profitability. I'm just saying like the first, I think it still made a hundred million less mm-hmm. than its predecessor. Yeah. Which yeah. is kind of a bit of a drop off that they. But still successful. Yeah. In terms of well, and they didn't. They wouldn't have had to spend as much on marketing for this one because you had your momentum from the first movie. Right. Yeah. Like you just, you didn't need to go quite as far as they went. Yeah, yeah. Um, some other movies that were in the theater, though, even though they they didn't premiere with Batman Returns, mm-hmm. but out there at this time, Sister Act, mm-hmm. Patriot Games. Oh. You, yeah. Love that. Yeah, Harry. Harry's movie. Harry. Uh, your favorite Steve Martin movie, House Sitter. Uh, definitely with you, Queen. You, yeah, was that with Queen? No, that's bringing down the house. Oh, okay. Oh, is it two different it's movies? It's a sequel. No, it's not. No, it's not. <laughs> that's the one with Goldie Hawn. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> like uh, and Lethal Weapon three. Oh yeah. Everyone's favorite Lethal Weapon movie. That's my that's my other favorite quadrilogy. <laughs> yeah. The Lethal Weapon series. <laughs> All you do is just follow. Quadrilogy. I love quadrilogies. Alien. 
Lethal Weapon. If you know anything Batman. about David, it's his love for quadrilogy. <laughs> Uh, this was the number three movie of 1992. Yeah, huge. That's that's a big that's a big that's, deal. That, yeah, a, a summer movie. The continuing the the thrust and upward momentum of summer blockbusters mm-hmm. to bring in the cash. It uh, is uh, number three of 92. The number eight ranking movie of the Batman franchise. That includes. Oh. I think includes like the Lego the Batman movie, the Nolans. Yeah, got it. Yeah. So it's 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 low. It's lower. It's been yeah. bumped down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, it doesn't make a lot. But yeah, it was a big year with all that. Mm-hmm. Uh, Two Oscar nominations. Oh, for what? Makeup, visual effects. Did they win? No. Oh. Otherwise, I would have said one or two Oscar wins. Oh, right. So you said noms. I said noms. So that's obvious. It's that's, a loser. That's a that's a hint that they didn't win. Got so. it. All right. Um, well, do you remember 1992 then? Do you remember what maybe the other top, any of the other top ten movies might be? Wayne's World. Wayne's World was number eight. Yeah. Yeah. That was definitely million. a top ten movie. That was huge. That, that, I think they made that for like less than ten million or something like that. Something yeah, that crazy. was not an expensive movie. No. To, uh, they filmed it like a weekend. Was Alien 3 in the top ten? I have a feeling it wasn't. No. Was Alien 3 out that year? Alien 3 was, oh. was 92. 92. Oh, that only made 55 million. It's 28th for the yeah, year. Yeah, it was not a. There's, I saw that in the theater. Uh, I didn't. I remember seeing the previews when I went to see Wayne's World. The, oh. I saw the previews for Alien uh-huh. 3. But uh, I was like, huh? Oh. Nah. No, that's cool. Not Aliens in, in a, She's on a prison, plan, prison planet? Yeah. Yeah. Do it. Um, so you had Wayne's World. Any other films? What, what was big? What one? 92. Maybe something animated. Something animated was the top movie. Uh, cool from, World from Disney. <laughs> no, not Cool. World. Uh, no, this was not Lion King, not Pocahontas, Beauty no. and the Beast. No, after that, right before it, after that. After Be- Beauty and the Beast. Oh, Beauty and the Beast was ninety one. The next one. Oh, you thought you'd never top Snow it. White. Oh, <laughs> Aladdin. Oh, that's yeah, Aladdin. Snow White. That came out nineteen thirty four. I kid. I kid. <laughs> Uh, a couple other sequels. You, you mentioned Lethal Weapon three. Mm-hmm. That's that's fourth for the year. Uh, Lethal Weapon three. Oh yeah, yeah, that was a big. Okay. Yeah, but there's another sequel that's in between Aladdin and Batman Returns. A Patriot holiday. Games. No, no. Um, stars a uh, cameo by Donald Trump. Oh, Home Alone two. Home Alone two. Lost Home in New York. That's right. Uh, Jack, which is like almost an exact duplicate of Home Alone one. Yeah, except it's in New York. Except in New York. New York. Yeah. Uh, and Jack was back. Uh, in a movie Jack was uh, 92 it was okay. not Wolf that was 94 alright I jumble up some of my 90s I don't know movies. if he's the star I don't think he's necessarily the star but he's a big he's not the, the oh movie. A Few Good Men there you go yeah yeah. yeah. Uh, and then uh, another oh, movie with heavy hitters and A Few Good Men oh yeah Cruz Nicholson Kiefer Kiefer Demi Demi yeah Demi 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 Demi, Demi. yeah um, a few others. Then after a few good men was fifth, uh, Sister Act. And yes. Then the Bodyguard. Ow! There's Wayne's World again. Uh, at eighth, and then after that, Basic Instinct. Mm. And then what sports movie rounds off the top ten? Major League Two. No. <laughs> Necessary Roughness. No. The program. No. Are there other sports movies? That's it, right? It's a movie with a lot of peaches. Like butts? 
Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there there would have to be inherently, but it's not about that. Uh, Tom Hanks is in it. Gina Davis. Forrest Gump. Cutthroat Island. Gina. <laughs> Cutthroat Island. Yep. That's the sports movie. The, the director's cut. <laughs> a league of their own, of course. Uh, yeah. Yep. <laughs> okay. I don't know. <laughs> I saw that in the theaters. But what a what a like half of those. A lot of big movies. A lot of a lot of big names. Well, only half of those movies. Only three of those movies were summer movies. Actually, mm-hmm. a lot of a lot of late. That's a lot of November and uh, actually. You know, Basic Instinct came out in well, March. Wayne's World in February. Th- this was this time period. Like movies, they didn't hold all the big movies for summer. No, yeah. That's what it's we we thing. talked about that. Like when we talked about Independence Day, which you can listen to in the archives about the birth of the summer blockbuster and the movement towards, you know, kind of shoving all the big movies with the big expectations into the summer months yeah. to maximize. Yeah. Uh, they were just you know kind of spread out throughout the year. Yeah. Well, and a lot of these are holiday movies, more or less. You know, Aladdin and Home Alone Two, or you're mm-hmm. going to see those through Thanksgiving with mm-hmm. with kids through the Christmas season, all that. Something that's going to stay in the theaters for a while. Yeah. Um, but uh, but of course, so was The Bodyguard in November. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, that's the top ten. Yeah. Of nineteen ninety-two. You want to know what number one hundred was? Yes. Bay-Bay's kids. Oh. Just uh, so what was the reaction to this movie? Everyone um, loved it. Did they? No one hated it. Mm, no one, I don't know about that. No one had anything bad to say. You're, you're right. A lot of people did love it. Yeah. Uh, Janet Maslin from the New York Times, Peter Travers from Rolling Stone, sure. Washington Post, Daily Variety. They all loved the movie. They thought it was fun, imaginative, yeah. like really dazzling visuals. Uh, the character is really in- inventive and fresh. So those I would say are all accurate. Mm-hmm. Those are good, I don't. Those are reasons to like. Those the movie. are re- yes. Like yeah. those that that says at least if you're coming for that, then you're right. This right. is a fun time at the movies. Yeah. Uh, I don't agree, and neither did Roger Ebert, oh. who we seem to. I always thought I didn't agree with Ebert. I thought it was more on the same page with Siskel. Mm-hmm. But uh, now, and as we're doing this show, and I'm kind of looking at it, I'm kind of agreeing more and more with Ebert. Yeah. Um, he didn't think it was a bad movie. It was just it was mi- a misguided effort, is what he called it. Right. Uh, he didn't, and I agree with him. He didn't. He like pitied the penguin. He didn't find him yeah. scary or funny. It was just like he just didn't care. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he's it's kind of in a. Yes, I agree with you. I pity, I pity him more than I don't see him as villainous until his big plan is mm-hmm. revealed. Like, yeah. oh, geez, like he didn't have to do that. Right. But that's the only way you can make him a villain is to make him do really reprehensible things. Yeah. For almost no reason at all. And he, you know, he argued that mixing superheroes and film noir is, uh, they don't, they don't mix. They shouldn't be together because with film noir, the whole thing is that there are no good guys. There are no heroes. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. So, so, uh. They just don't, you know, they don't mix well, and it's it just doesn't work. Right. Um, I don't know, you know, I don't know if I totally agree with that, but I see his point. I mean, certainly at that time they weren't doing so much. They weren't doing a lot of nuanced stuff with superheroes. No. So yeah, he's got a point. Um, there were other other critics and sites that argued that Burton doesn't know how to direct action movies. You know, the the action scenes were where the movie got really weak, mm-hmm. uh, and. That the that was a jumbled story. There's like we said, there's too much going on. There's 
uh, it's not a really easy to follow coherent story like especially the penguin stuff is complicated and you have to like walk through how he got to you know what his real motivation was right um not as straightforward as as i would say the joker was yeah it's kind of and just not not there's not enough time to pay enough attention to how does he go from being in a crib you know adopted by penguins but then probably adopted by the circus gang as like an act like a little kid like it's the only way he's going to survive yeah he's a circus freak then he becomes he becomes leader of this crime ring and then he brings him back all back to Gotham to take his revenge. Like that's a that's a great story, and they don't they don't touch on it yeah, at all. Yeah, I mean, like, really quickly. Yeah, like the the details aren't really there, but mm-hmm. they they just give you enough to s- explain it. Yeah, and it's just like oh man, you could have done a lot there. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But. Um, but the movie overall, it seems like a lot of people still like the movie. Fans of the franchise, uh, fans of the franchise still enjoy the film for the most part yeah you know i've listed out what my problems are but a lot of people seem to you know not have as many issues with that kind of stuff i think if you watch the first should but they don't i think if you watched i i I meant to watch batman over again because i haven't seen batman and it's been a few just a few years Mm -hmm. um but i feel i have a feeling if i watch these back to back i think i'd have i think i would have I, I, I mean, I kind of enjoy, I enjoy Batman Returns. I admit it's flawed, and I don't think I would recommend it necessarily. But I've, since I've already seen it, and I know, like, it kind of fits. These getting Keaton back, getting getting these stars together to do this thing, it's it's still fun. Mm-hmm. So the two these two movies, I think, kind of work together. Yeah. Um, but I understand like why it's not as well received as the first. It makes a lot of sense. Yeah, and I think it's not a highly rewatched movie. No, I don't so think I so. think a lot of people who like it are just remembering that they liked it when it came out. Yeah, yeah. But again, if you like sit down now and watch it, there's there's a lot to so many that problems. jumbles it up. Yeah. Um they like as we were talking about, they they made the franchise continue. This was a big hit movie. Yeah. They again wanted to roll right into the next movie. Uh but at this point, I think Tim Burton wanted to I don't think he was as in love with the franchise. I, there were there was some behind the scenes issues during the production of this. Yeah. Uh, that I think he had kind of had his fill of Batman, and if he couldn't do it the exact way that he wanted to do it, uh, then it wasn't he wasn't going to do it. So right. he walked away. Michael Keaton also was kind of tired of playing the character. I think he was tired of similar to the actors who have played James Bond. It wears thin being like such a megastar and you can't go anywhere and you know mm-hmm. you can't you like you can't do anything without the spotlight being on you yeah uh, I, I think both of those both of them wanted to make different movies wanted to you know Tim Burton turned around and made Ed Wood which is arguably his greatest film yeah um, that's my personal favorite of all of his yeah uh, so a completely different movie than Batman yeah, if Tim Burton never it never had to make never did studio movies, like he does the studio movies because he can have he gets all the money he wants to do whatever the fuck he wants. Mm-hmm. But you know the the his smaller stuff. I mean, doing you know Coraline and all that. Like he mm-hmm. he still gets to do the like everything is a bit, is a passion project whether it's small scale or not. Well, Nightmare Before Christmas. Yeah, you know? I mean, fantastic. Yeah, it's perfect. Yeah, I don't know. He gets to do he gets to do everything. He's great. Uh, the animated series, which is probably maybe the greatest thing in the Batman, the 
you know the whole Batman franchise. Yeah. Uh, the most accurate portrayal of Batman and all the villains and all, all of the characters mm-hmm. uh, gets huge success creatively. It goes years and years and morphs into different shows, and they do change the visual style at a certain point. Yeah. But really, and that premieres, I think, in September of '92. Yeah, that year. So it's only a few months. It's really right after Batman Returns that. Um, the, the animated series kind of took over. And yeah, I mean that, and and that, and I think so. We we can thank Burton for and Danny Elfman and mm-hmm. and Mark Hamill and Kevin Conroy for that. That's basically the definitive Batman for mm-hmm. for a generation. Yeah, like as much as the Nolans are are interesting, what they are, and the Keatons by themselves. But like the animated series gave access to Batman mm-hmm. like no other thing. Yeah, and and it, it had the benefit of time. I mean, yeah. it had years to work out some of these stories and like like the Mister Freeze and Batman in the animated series is genius. Oh yeah, he's so tr- good. Well, every villain gets a chance to shine and show their tragedy. Like yeah. they're all tra- almost everyone in Batman's universe is a tragedy. They villain. all except Joker. Yeah, they all have some kind of like human element that there's a reason that they've turned to crime. Yeah. And it, it is heartbreaking, some of them. But, yeah. Um, does this movie hold up? I say no. Mm-hmm. A strong no. Strong no. Strong no. If you if you want a good Batman story, watch the animated series. Mm-hmm. Behind that, watch the Nolan franchise. Maybe behind that, watch 89 Batman. Okay. Um, that's, you know, they, they have aged. They are very early yes. 90s. Yes, they are you dated. Know, and part of that is the whole Prince thing. For eight, the eighty nine back. <laughs> the Prince thing is what age yep. is it? You're out of your mind. Well, no, mind. I said part of that. Part of that. <laughs> well, yeah, but a ton of yeah. When okay. you tie it into music, you're tying it to that time period. Prince is ageless. Prince is one of the greatest is musicians that, ever. I'm not what arguing that. Is that song timeless? Bat dance. <laughs> Bat dance isn't even in the movie. First of all, that that's not in the movie. No, but like they're in the par- the song in the parade. You know, it's at the end, it's just a song. Nah. It's just a pop song. That's. Oh my lord! That's that's my what story. dates it. <laughs> I'm not I, okay. There's a lot that dates it, actually. But oh anyway. yeah, I mean the '89 Batman isn't as great as we remember it, mm-hmm. but it's still it's it's the it's a co- it's a really cohesive movie. Absolutely, it yeah. totally works. It's, yeah, it's and it's it's mm-hmm. the superior of the four. Yes, uh, well, this, hands obviously. Down. Yeah. I mean, it's the best. Yeah, best thing you can do. There's uh, a lot of great stuff in that Batman. Yeah, um, tons. So, but yeah, so I mean, that's. That's where the good stuff is if you're if you're interested in Batman. Yeah. Um, obviously, if you're still with us, you are. You like Batman. Who don't like that Batman? And you like us, which means hey, you should log into your iTunes account, give us a review, give us a five star. Please. Uh, you know, it's real easy. Come on. It's just a one little thing you can just do. Just click. Just open iTunes. You have it on your computer. And we'll have a hundred thousand more of you listening yes. to our show. Help us out. We love it. Yeah. Uh, but uh, stay tuned. We appreciate you guys so much. We're thankful, especially at this holiday season, to have you guys a part of our life. Uh, we've got more great stuff coming to you this month. Sure. We may have a surprise for you here and there. A surprise guest? Michael Keaton. <laughs> what, what, what are, are you, you do- doing here? <laughs> 
Well, well, let's. We're about to wrap it up. We're gonna go have a coffee with. Yeah, uh, we're gonna go with, hang out with uh, Keaton. Yeah, he heard we were covering this and wanted to, yeah. you know, download a few things to us. So. Yeah, and he's insisting again on the mic. But you know what? This is our show, and uh, we're, we're not gonna we're not turning this over. No, to a Keaton. Yeah, yeah. So, Come on. Sorry, guys. Yeah, <laughs> go wait in the lounge with Dreyfus, and we'll go <laughs> catch up with you. Yeah. Uh, but stay tuned. We'll be back uh, sooner than you know it. Yeah. Uh, we. Appreciate you guys for tuning in. All of our Canadian fans, our Finnish fans. Finnish fans. Yeah. I think we have a Japanese fan. We have a Japanese fan. So we appreciate that. Or two. So, yeah, be out there. Be good to each other. Yeah. Listen to Reconcinimation. Yeah. Tell your friends. We got a, we got a growing back catalog that's just fantastic. With all the so. favorite movies you love to hate and <laughs> love to love. All right. We'll, uh, we'll be back soon. You guys have... Uh, You take it easy and have a good holiday season. Bye. Now. Bye now.